The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Welcome one and all and a big good morning to you back here for Summer Breakfast on this Thursday, the 19th day of January 2023. The McCafe menu, just relentless, the McCafe menu, it rolls on and on. Our official coffee partner today churns out uh, Johnny Millman, Australian tennis player, unfortunately went down last night in straight sets to Daniil Medvedev, but uh, much loved, much admired. We'll have a chat to Johnny a little bit later on in the program. Uh, we'll cross to Melbourne United and catch up with Xavier Rath and Mays, their import uh, guard there. Looking forward to that. Uh, BP, uh, all the latest from Melbourne Park, of course, and casting forward to today. Questions without notice and another, I can't wait for it, last fan standing edition thanks to Maccas. And I hear that Brooksy might have outsourced the quiz today, so this could get interesting. Uh, SEM Breakfast is for the Kogan Money credit card, packed full of value as I welcome aboard uh, the great St Kilda player, great Australian cricketer, and now uh, all-time funny man and good bloke, Simon O'Donnell. Scoob. Just soldier on, mate. I'm reading the social pages. Oh, what a tabloid. I've got a bit to get through, mate. What a day. Tabloid gold today. I haven't got to sport yet. Do we have to speak sport this morning? Because I haven't got out of the the relationship area, just checking who's where and who's who and what's been going on up in the park at Noosa. High-profile people, tick. You know, celebrities, tick. Um, um, sort of... Uh, Celebrity former partners, tick. Relationship, tick. tick. Video, tick. tick. Obscenities, Tick. tick. Every single tabloid box you can think of. $10 million dollar beach house, tick. Michael Clark and uh, his, his mate, perhaps formerly, Today Show host Carl Stefanovic, squaring off in a wild fracas, as it's been described in a public park well, up Carl there. Carl wasn't Nusa. really in the fracas. Uh, he was uh, verbally abused by, by Michael Clark. Absolutely he was. And this is all over uh, accusations. Um and they've got their partners as well, the sisters, Jade and Yasmin Yabra, um, and Michael Clark accused of having an affair as well by his partner. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Oh. So messy. Yeah, it's very messy. Incredible that it's been very captured messy. on film from yeah. earlier this year in, uh, in Noosa. And 10th of January. It is all over the place. December 17 is an important date, according to Jade. That, very specific with very that specific. Date, wasn't she, with her accusations. I tell you, um, if you don't know what we're talking about, you will soon because uh, it is wall-to-wall at the moment. Oh, An absolute uh, tabloid gold. If Hutchie was here, he'd be saying, imagine the Verity score on this for the, for, for the online measuring tool, which is what the, the Herald Sun used, the Daily Telly. It would be clickbait heaven oh, in there. Oh, my God. It's it got everything. Oh, Even we're involved. Extraordinary SCN stuff. was there. Yeah. SEN was there. We've captured some audio that I'm not sure if you're familiar with, audio only. I mean, have a listen to uh, what Michael Clark actually said to Carlos. Get ready for a broken arm. Get ready for a broken arm. (laughs) (laughs) And Carl, well, Carl wasn't taking any backward steps either. If it bleeds, we can kill it. (laughs) So they just went at it, those two. And Carl took the side of uh, of his wife. Um, Yasmin, um, and, and she considers, he considers Jade his sister as well, our sister-in-law, mm-hmm. of course. So, boy, really messy uh, yeah. in all seriousness. Um, so you'll hear a lot about that throughout the day. Um, spud update, please, Sammy, off the text. Are my spuds here today? No. Oh, my God. No. Why not? I ran out of paper bags. Are you serious? Yes. So you've got them and now you don't have the bags. Oh, I've got the spuds. This is getting... We ran out of the paper bags and 
The Dal is going to get some more paper bags this morning. And Mozer off the text, pinged hammy tick in the scuffle. Michael Clark yeah. had his hammy torn. Mm. He's limping, topless. Limping and it was, was, what I gather from the scuffle and uh, analysing it, it was his back. He was on his back foot when he did the hammy. It wasn't a front foot hammy. It was a back foot hammy. <laughs> as he was pushed, it looked as, like. Well, as he was slapped. Slapped and yeah, pushed. Yeah, and he and... was sort of... He was backing off, and I think he's done the hammy. He's done a reverse hammy. Standard 21 day, though, do you I would think, no doubt. Off the bone? Particularly the way he was... Tendon? Grasping at it as he left the scene. Well, was trying to left the scene while he was talking with Carl. Could be a tendon. Maybe an operation. Could have been ripped right off the bone. And it may put in jeopardy his his trip to India, which we're not sure... What he was going to India with in his suitcase, yes, which is part of yes. why the, the angst fracas started. And if the hammy doesn't in the get park him, in Noosa, if the hammy doesn't get him, I'm not sure he's going to pass the concussion test either. <laughs> Multiple slaps to the chops. I'm not sure that's a mandatory. That's a mandatory twelve days out. I've, I've, and then I, he'd have to get back to training. I haven't got to it yet. I haven't got to sport yet. It's the most extraordinary opening to a newspaper uh, I think I've seen. I saw it last night and I thought, this is just going to go absolutely nuclear. What time did it break last oh, night? I'm not sure. I reckon eight, seven, eight o'clock, oh, nine o'clock, somewhere yeah. around there. I'd switched off all electronic devices at that stage, obviously. I was a bit I... angry, actually, at about that time because I'd had a meal last night. Um, my wife's away. And my mother-in-law's in town. So it's myself, the mother-in-law, and the two boys. She's and, in the house, mother-in-law. Yeah, I'm very good terms with my mother-in-law. mother-in-law. Absolutely. So I cooked them up uh, some – my boys love the Mexican food. They love the old Tex-Mex. So we had the burritos out. We had the tacos out. Now, my young fellow loves the hard shell taco. And something that has long irritated me, Simon, and I need some help with this, reared its head in a big way last night. And I ask you this simply. Why do they make the taco shells so – bloody narrow and so unforgiving. The openings to these, once you oven them, is so ridiculously tight, you can't possibly put it. And I, I made the mistake, hand up. I didn't get the stand-up ones now you can get. I got the old classics. I'm cooking with chicken too, not mince. No, you can't have tacos with mince. I'm cooking with chicken and I'm trying to wedge these chicken chunks into these taco ridiculous openings. And you know what it's like? I'm going through these things like nothing else. When you put the tacos in the oven... Which way did you put them up? They were upside down. That makes sense. Through the grate? They were on a flat, flat surface. Through the grate? Through the, through the, the rack? Yeah. What do you mean through the rack? So they don't close? Yeah. Really? Is that what you do? Turn them over. Someone said leave upside the paper down, wedge in there. Through the rack. The cardboard wedge. Through the rack. Because <sighs> that's the thing. They're, they're narrow Come anyway. Two and a half inches wide. Put mince, put whatever. Put put full chicken in there if you want. <laughs> put a roast chicken yeah, in. Put a leg because, in. Because they're narrow anyway, right, when they yeah. come out of the cardboard box, but then they narrow further yeah. in no, the oven. No, no, My no. gosh. The, upside down, through the rack. So that wedges them open. Oh, through goodness, the rack, Simon. My friend. Have you covered this off on the sporting flame before? <laughs> <laughs> I've covered it off. But I love my tacos, and I can't stand it. I've got to, I've got to split. I've got to break those ones. Those ones you can't get in that haven't been racked. I, I just break them in half and just put them as an open sandwich. Right. Can't can't stand it because you can't get anything in them. No, it is a joke. It is so far away from what makes. Then you bite it, it just explodes. <laughs> that is so annoying. And yeah, you bite into them and they just disintegrate. Yeah. 
But they yeah. are packed full of that no, no. much salt Upside as well. down through the grate. My goodness, that's I needed you there. Yeah, well, mate, I'm just I'm a phone call away. I could have been a phone call away on Mickey Clark's stuff here. Oh, people like, aren't having it. it Isn't this a sports station? Leave the B-grade celebrity BS to there. Well, in this country, it's probably not B-grade celebrity BS. Carl Stefano is one of the biggest celebrities in Australia. Oh, you've got to open. It doesn't matter what show you're on this morning. Sport that will be not the talk news. Of... Does, you've got to open with this. This is... This is as salacious as it gets. It is. Darren in Geelong, I felt very uncomfortable watching Slapgate. I did as well, Darren, but here's the thing. It's like the car crash you can't stop watching. I couldn't stop watching it. Once there was vision of the incident. How's the guy filming it, though? How's the front on him? He couldn't have been a mate, could he? Or her, whoever it was. Yeah. Uh, Why do we all talk about ex-players' private lives? It's all just none of our business, and it's all unsavoury. I'm sure you two guys wouldn't like your private life all over the radio. But how's the public nature of it too, like to have a spat like that in public? And then you can hear people yelling out the background, guys, there's kids around here. Mm. You know, it wasn't late in the night and there's obscenities coming. So it was probably only a matter of time before it did get out, Scoob. Yeah. Hey, just while I'm on the subject of things that I've, I'm, uh, I need to clear up, there's one other thing. You've solved my tacos. Yeah. I blew up when I saw that front bar ad with Andy... Uh, Mick oh, the cricket. and Sam, the test match cricket test one. Match cricket. The game we all grew up playing. Mm-hmm. I did anyway. And a lot of listeners this morning will. They changed the bowling mechanism. Now, I'm not sure when they changed it, but you might remember. I grew up with the one where the bowler bowled and it came down the slide. Yes. The little ball bearing came yep. down the ramp, rolled beautifully on the felt. You could strike a shot anywhere you like with the batsman. They changed the bowling mechanism. Now, the slide's gone and you flick the bowler and he bowls it in the air and the ball bearing's bouncing down the track. Oh. It is so difficult to bat. And I searched high, wide, low, all over the world trying to find the original Test Match Cricket by Crown and Andrews, the one with the slide. And I can't find it anywhere. Nowhere. It's a, it's a, it's a rare as hen's teeth collector's item, I think. And yet I turn on this ad and Andy's procured the original mechanism. Where do you get it, Simon? Well, you still haven't found it. I can't. I'm thinking you brought it up again this morning because you found it. No. One three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open wow. line. By the way, the temper forty wings text oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. What are they doing? If, Sam, if someone's got a, a a version of this game, you are onto an absolute winner there because yeah. they've changed the mechanism and they've stuffed it. I reckon. Sammy, the gold method taco serving I was told and use is have hard shell, but add soft shell around the outside. When it explodes, it's still intact. Bloody amazing. So he combines the soft taco around the hard taco. It, but not in the oven. That, that's when you've made it. You just Few people wrap saying a this. soft one around. Yes. Um, leap from that take the fun out of it? The trick is to wrap the hard shell in a soft shell. No mess. My goodness, a spud, uh, scuba. Those spuds will have turned into bla- into plants again by the time you give them to Sammy. Yeah, that's the thing. Are their roots coming off those things already? Well, funnily enough, because they've had a bit of publicity, the potatoes, a number of people have put their hand up for some. And what what it's teaching me is on the friend list, you and Brooksy are dropping further and further down. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's coming in for them, are they? Well, you're We're a- having a lot of requests. This is not on, mate. Yeah, so... There's, there's people that are leapfrogging you in the line, and it's 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 one of those you know questions in life. It's a crossroad in life where you're at with relationships with certain people because. Oh, so I'm, you're saying I'm getting worse? Our yeah, you're going down the I'll be up front. 
you're going down the list. Hang on. But, but I didn't talked... know these people, but they're now putting their hand up saying, I'd like to spell them Oh, okay, Luke and I go back. Oh, yeah, no, I'll go okay, so hang on. Can I, just before we get to Dave in Mornington, and thanks for calling in, Dave, can I just clear something up once and for all? <laughs> the reason the spuds aren't here are not because you've forgotten and not because you can't get the right packaging and not because you can't get the right brown bags. They're because other people are coming in over the top. No, and that's caused the shortage of the brown bags. Oh, my God. So you're giving them away? Because a lot of other people have now asked for the spuds. Now they've been publicised. They're saying, well, could we have some spuds? And I say, oh, yeah. Been family friends for 20 years, yeah, of course you can. No words. Uh, Dave's called in from Mornington. Dave, you've got a, a hack for me or a fix for the taco issue. I can't believe how many people are wrapping the soft around the hard. Good morning to you. Morning, fellas. Morning. It's a lovely day today, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'm going to fix your taco problem forever. So you get the soft shell taco, you get your sandwich press, turn that on high, and then put the taco... On the sandwich press, fill it with a with whatever you want, whether it's a taco mix or I use um, a little bit of brisket and some jalapeno, um, a little bit of just a tiny layer of cheese on the bottom, mm. a little bit of brisket in the middle, a little bit of cheese on the top, and then fold it over and press it with a sandwich press, and then I make a little mango salsa for it, put that on top after it's been served, and you'll never look back. So, but this is, this is, okay, so just to clear up, Dave, this That's is soft, soft, soft shell taco, but put in the toaster. Yeah, well, on the sandwich press, it goes hard. It, gets, yep. it crunches up, and then, and then you've got a hard shell, but you've got a beautiful, whatever you want. It can be a chicken mix. It can be, as I use, brisket. And then you can make it a very simple salsa with a bit of uh, mango, some uh, coriander, and some, or whatever you want to put in it. But I, I make a little mango one, but I'll tell you what, and, and jalapenos on top. Ooh. Unbelievable. Ooh, and the kids, you know, just take the jalapenos out for the kids, and you get you get uh, the best of all, all the world there, and, and you never, ever have a problem with your... Um, broken taco. Well, Dave, I like it. Not an, a, a fix as such, but a twist, and I'm all for trying something new. So hang on the line if, you, if you're willing. Uh, we'll fling you the Oki Melbourne experience of four people, valued at 360 bucks. there, Davo. 85 minutes of darts gameplay, four share plates, two signature cocktails, each well-deserved by you, and then you can go home and wash it all down with one of your fancy uh, soft-shell tacos in the toasty. Um, Sammy, so true, eight- and ten-year-old kids have zero chance of bowling, let alone hitting in the new version of Test Match Cricket. We've had uh, uh, over 80 games for about three runs. That's from Taz. Bopper, he's saying he's just searched and found it 20 bucks on Facebook Marketplace. Just search. Well, I couldn't find it anywhere, Bopper, and you'd want to make sure it's the original. That's the one with the slide. I'm going to go and have a look during this, uh, this ad break because I need that back in my oh. life. Hey, um, we've got last fan standing back again today, Scoob. Yep, after eight, 20 past eight. Brooksy's outsourced the questions. Now, that's the first I've heard of it, and I'll be talking to Brooksy immediately we go to this break. We might be onto something brilliant here, though. What do you mean? Well, I know the architect of the questions, and we'll reveal his identity in a moment, but he's one of us, and I think he's onto something. I think he's onto something. It's but not astute. Though the prize remains the same, all thanks to Maccas. You still get the chance to go to India, still get to be shortlisted for the grand final on January 30. You've got to navigate these 11 questions a little bit later on in our final hour, and uh, you could be on the plane bound for India Simon for the second Caddy's test. coming on? Nope. Why's that? Still he might. Okay. Uh, we'll be back after this. Summer brekkie. There's so many issues I still haven't raised with you, Simon, that I really need to. Um... I think today's a, a morning for us to sort our relationship out. It feels like it's coming to a head, doesn't it? Is, it is, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm, I'll leave it there for now.
the Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Harper, they didn't disappear. He was skinned alive. Carlos is still going up there in Noosa. Skinned alive. Some of our secret audio from uh, the uh, oh. awful blow-up between uh, Clark and um, and Carlos and their partners up there in uh, Noosa that's all over the tabloids it's today. fantastic. Some of our um, thoughts from our, our um, SEN family. Clark caught out on the D- out by the DRS. <laughs> How about your little lot of lot of appreciation? <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> Say that again. What does it stand for? Deceitful relationship scandal. <laughs> DRS <laughs> called for the review. I tell you, what, a lot of appreciation too for your Simon Cadditch reference off the ten for forty links. Nice little drive by there from you. Hey. Uh, I'm appreciating the, the hacks too with the target. Not that it fixes the hard shell taco problem that I did have. You've you've done that for me with the rack positioning when they're cooking. But um, as Goldie's pointed out, come on, Dave, who called an earlier, you've just made a casadilla. That's not a taco. He's put the, the soft shell um, burrito tortilla into the toasted uh, sandwich machine. Um, amazing amount of people, though, using the, the the soft burrito around the outside of the hard taco. Mate, we, um, we wrapped up the sporting flame last Friday. Yeah, I know we've got shows for the summer. Suddenly we're turning Brecky into the sporting flame. You might need a Mexican edition when you come back for your new season. I'll tell you, a rough day for the Aussies uh, yesterday at Melbourne Park. A series of reality checks into the Aussie Open. Uh, Kubler rolled in four sets by uh, Karen Hutchinov. Max Purcell rolled in four. Alex Vukic the same. They resumed their washed-out matches yesterday. Uh, Wildcard Olivia Gadecki was smacked in straight sets as well. And last night, airman Johnny Millman, who we'll speak to a little bit later on, uh, Simon, was outclassed completely by Daniil Medvedev on Margaret Court. But Nick Kokonakis got up. Nick Kokonakis. Yeah. I oh, know. How about this? So Tanasi what had about a, that? He had a great win, and then he rolls into his press <laughs> conference. He's about to face Andy Murray. He's up and about, and then a journo rolls in with this. Hi, Nick. Uh, hi, Nick. Wow. Hi, Tanasi. Wow. <laughs> that is, this is, that because, is firing. Because that was, That's you done. I'm, I'm about to... Oh, you, 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 you will understand why. No, I'm, I'm going to can that. that. <laughs> I'm canning that. What about that? <laughs> and that when he went, he uh, he answered, the, asked the question eventually, that journo, and um, Tanasi came back with, you should probably ask Nick. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't give him what he wanted. Hey, do you see what Stefanos Tsitsipas is doing post-match, by the way? Yeah, he's coming out with the Aussie sayings, the Aussie slang. What did he come out with last night? Well, no, not what he was saying, more what he was doing and the preparation involved. Now, instead of going, collecting his rackets and he goes to the crowd and they all sign autographs and they get the texture and they're signing the big balls and they're signing everything. He's come with a bag and inside this little baggie is a bunch of pre-signed autographed postcards and he just goes around and hands them out. Mm. Have a listen to how (laughs) this was received (laughs) last night. Oh, he's come well prepared. Look at this. No, he's had his postcards. Pre-signed. Pre-signed. I mean, that's next level. That's good organisational skills. That's a good idea because he doesn't have to stand and uh, hold his arms up above his head for the next 10 minutes. Smart guy. Very, very smart guy. Mm. So he just goes around and just hanging out these postcards. Hey, at that level, Scoob, every minute is important with your recovery. And you're holding your arm up. Yes. Are you serving him? Getting him back to normality really quickly. I just hope he's made enough. The poo's in his corner, you know, doing really well. He he wrapped the poo last night. Mark Philippus. Yeah. Why is that? I I missed that. He actually was a bit of a blunder because he was mentioning how the poo was helping him with his offensive game, particularly his serve volley. He said... 
Albeit I didn't serve volley once tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so he was full of praise. Like no, he's just but, nodding and saying, yeah, I know, I know but I'm never. Saying, I've got... But he's offensive game in general, but he said I didn't serve volley once So tonight. do you reckon he's nodding it back at the poo thinking, I've never got any intention of doing this, but I'll show my respect to you for what you achieved in your career. Well, he's adding an extra extra layer to his game, which is fantastic. That's what he's got to get from number three to number one. Exactly. Oh, well, it's wide open. Now that Raff, poor old Rafa yesterday, now that Rafa's uh, done, he said he was mentally destroyed, Rafa, obviously. Um, the hip playing up or whatever it might be, he's got an injury, so he couldn't go the distance. Uh, his title defence is over. It opens it right up now in the men's draw. In tennis, you can't lose with dignity, can you? Well, you can. What's wrong with the Rafa's? When I say dignity, like... He, he he plays on. He wants. To, he loses with dignity yeah. by playing on. Yeah. But it's not dignity because he's walking around and he can hardly walk. What well, do you think that diluted the victory of the other fellow, the American guy? Of course it did. It took of it away course. from him. But if you're injured, no, you're injured. Take it away from him. I mean, but he could have quit Rafa, but he said, oh, as no, defending champion, wanted I to wanted to let him play. win. Yeah, yeah he to wanted show him to make sure that he should have won. Oh, that's what I mean. But it, it's hard to do it with dignity when you're hopping around like a wounded, you know, like. Done Mick Clark's Emmy. Farewell, RSA friends. We'll see you soon in Victoria. Welcome back. Got to get better at that handover scoop. So it's 6.30. Um, if you're listening, we have the South Australian audience for the first half an hour. But then, of course, breakfast starts locally with them with Jared Walsh and Bryce Gibbs. If you are listening on the app, you can flick over if you want to hear the SA boys. If you're in that part of the world, uh, time for a sports update, though, for Toro, above or below ground. You can count on Toro. You're just talking about Rafa Nadal. He's out of the Australian Open, going down to the American Mackenzie McDonald. Straight sets it was in the end. He injured his hip during the match. I reckon it flared up. Was it late in the second set, mm. I think? And he could barely move by the end, Rafa Nadal. And, geez, you could see the devastation on his face. Yeah, he, and he was shattered. He and his wife out. was in tears. Yeah, I saw she that. She was in tears in the stands. So, amazing how it still means so much to them after you know, such a journey they've been on. Yeah. When you've won that much. Extraordinary. So now Novak, obviously, still in the draw, uh, has the opportunity to, to lock it up at the at the pinnacle of men's tennis with his 22nd title as well. As we mentioned, tough day for the Aussies. Uh, Milman lost to Medvedev in straight sets. Tell you what, he's going all right, small cat. He's going very well. He's going very he's, well, He hits a good cat. ball, doesn't he? Oh, when he gets going, the how, cat. How clean was he? Oh, small cat. Ricky Hinjakata went down to Stefanos Tsitsipas. Uh, we mentioned that earlier. The Aussie managing to just win five games in that match. Jason Kubler... Took uh, one set off uh, Karen Hutchinov, and the crowd were baying for it. They wanted the Aussie to give them one last twist of the tail. They weren't quite ready to go home, but Karen Hutchinov, too good in the end. Olivia Gadecki uh, smacked by Marta Kostiuk as well. Um, Kokonakis versus Andy Murray. This is the biggest match of his life, Kokonakis. Biggest match of his life. Yeah. Yep. In taking on a former great. I don't know how Andy Murray's going to get up for this match. But he, he, he'll get up, as he just does. Andy Murray just... but. Just the way Andy Murray plays and wears opponents down, to take Kokonakis, I reckon, to the next level, this is the match he has to win. The real question has to be if Stoanos Sitsipas is better at presenting postcards than Shane Crawford. That's coming through off the Temper 40 Wings text as well. I just hope he's got enough paper. Do you see that the last uh, paper mill has shut down here in Australia? The Maryville Mill. What? Maryvale Mill. Opal's Maryvale Mill, all the staff there, or a lot of staff, stood down, and they are Australia's final printing plant. They pr- produce that reflex paper. Paper's about to get expensive and cardboard. What's Stefanos doing? Where's if, he getting it from? People, people thought 
That's a big deal. It was irrelevant talking about Clarkie and no, Carlos. No, it's very relevant. Everyone uses this paper. This is further irrelevant. No, this is like when uh, toilet paper, the toilet paper scandal happened. It, it affects us all. That reflex paper, this mob produce 80% of it. I think everyone's going to be belting into office works now buying Absolutely. A4. Only two, Only two bundles each. Scorchers did it again. Got a text here. Morning, gentlemen. Simon, did you watch any of Aaron Hardy's batting last night? He came in in the first over, was 90 not out when the target runs were scored. His temperament and his batting skills suggest he must be under consideration for higher honours. That's from Al. I only saw the highlights. Did you see any he's, of this? He's definitely in the frame. They're, they're watching him hard. They're watching him closely. He's a good player. Gee, they did it easy. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Easily the Scorchers. They won yeah. by seven they're wickets the best last team night. In the comp. Oh, 15 balls left. Aaron Hardy, as uh, Big Al just mentioned, was the player of the match, an unbeaten 90. By the way, the Aussies. Uh, the women absolutely smacked Pakistan. Ten wicket win, if you don't mind, at Allen Borderfield. What about Phoebe Litchfield, the teenager? So she's made a 150 odd runs, hasn't lost her wicket in two matches. Yesterday, an unbeaten 67 at the top of the order. Beth Mooney, 57, not out. And with the ball, Darcy Brown took the three wickets. Did you t- see those two Pakistan lasses in the run out the day before? Oh, uh, no. Trying to put their foot back and, I and try and do it without thinking they were burning their teammate? I it didn't. was. was it was quite funny. Right. It was quite funny. They were sort of putting it. their – they were both up the one end, and so they were sort of putting their foot down as if I'm not going to rush it down to say I'm – Yeah, I'm, I'm going to run you out. Burn them a mate. Yeah. And they both went the same – and had to go to the umpire to make a decision on which one went. Fair him, the look on her face and said, oh, you're going. She straight away thought, geez, I should have put my foot down quicker. <laughs> Hey, tonight in the Big Bash, by the way, it's the Thunder taking on the Renegades uh, down at Monica Oval uh, in Canberra. Daisy Pearce, she announced her retirement from AFLW ranks yesterday, finishing her career with a premiership. Daisy will join the Cats in a coaching role this upcoming season while still appearing in media roles. Uh, Also, what a career she has had. Not only one of the most highly decorated players in that competition, but a pioneer. Someone who really uh, blazed a trail for others to follow um, out of the Darabin Falcons initially. And um, I really enjoy Daisy's commentary. I find myself watching the football thing. She is one of the best going around. Insightful, no bulldust, straight down the line, tells you what you don't know and articulates it in a way that um, provides a real insight into the the viewing experience. I think she's one of the best right up there. Uh, North Melbourne young gun Taryn Thomas. What about this news that dropped after we... Chatted um, to his rabbit to Todd Viney. No, not a his rabbit issue. Got lost. Well, he was. Uh, he's been charged for threatening to distribute no. an intimate image. Uh, Taron Thomas at North Melbourne, who had a troubled 2022, and uh, safe to say 2023 hasn't started too brightly either. There's some uh, driving offences rolled into that as well. So. Um, that's an ongoing uh, case for, for North Melbourne, for Alistair Clarkson, who uh, will seek to get the best out of Taron Thomas. And he's undoubted talent, it's got to, mm. it's got to be said. That's talent. If he can piece it together uh, off the field. Um, right, that was for Toro. Above or below ground, you can count on Toro. Uh, we've got some live Premier League action My as well we today, only on Optus Sport. Love it. Uh, Crystal Palace. Manchester United, uh, they start in half an hour, Scoob, and uh, Arsenal, still top of the table, the Gunners, uh, eight points clear of Man City. Um, you like Arsenal? They go the distance. They normally implode right about. No, now. they they look a bit better than usual, don't but they? They're looking good under Mikel Arteta. I've got Arteta. some Arsenal mates, and it's sick that they're going so well. I hope they botch They've it. Just they're up and about the Arsenal supporters. They normally cave in at about this time of the season. As I, I want say. them to cave in, but they're looking great at the moment. Gee, they're playing some great stuff with the ball, aren't they? West Ham is starting to push back, which is good. I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, don't miss a second of Premier League action. It's only on Optus Sport. Um, uh, 18th. We're 18th. 
18th you are. Uh, the Hammers. Uh, don't miss a second of that Premier League action, of course, as I say, only on Optus Sport. We'll take a break here on Summer Breakfast. There is a stack of sport around today as well. Heap to chat about. Uh, love your company right throughout the morning. Give us a buzz. Are we time. talking to anyone from Noosa at all? Have we got anyone live on from Noosa? Well, I think We've there might be. The, the paper mill shutting down, A4, well, lack of. We were there. We don't need to talk to anyone. In fact, we've got some more audio to roll out later on of the uh, the ugly confrontation between uh, Carl and Pup and their partners up there at the Noosa Park last month. Uh, Johnny Millman's going to join us, though. We're going to talk to him. Uh, Xavier Rath and Mays from Melbourne United. BP will talk all things tennis. Questions that notice still to come. And, oh, boy, I can't wait for last fan standing, which, by the way, as I said, outsourced, thanks to Maccas. Brooksy has delegated, done some delegation. It's a sign of good leadership. And Maddie, who pushes the buttons in here. running out of ideas. No, Maddie offered to do it, loves his cricket, knows his sport. And he's come up and with I'll a great put, theme as well. I'll put Matty on notice, let me tell you this morning. Well, that shocks me. Matty's come in puffing the chest out as if he's the you know the genius of the quiz. Well, you set a high bar. Well, he, gets, he stuffs things up this morning. I'll take the lot over. Righto, Matty. You better get us to a break, mate. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Tony's text in during the ad break, uh, Scuba. Red card for Sod for workplace bullying of Matty. I tend to agree with you, Tony. Uncalled for. Might be the best quiz we've ever had. And, and your attitude, quite, quite frankly, was, um, well, was bordering on let, bullying. Let's in not put the cart before the horse. Let's wait till the quiz is over. Exactly. And then we'll make a decision. Don't go down the road now. So let's build him up. Let's not rip him down before he's I even unveiled. I, I said, here's the opportunity. If the opportunity is wrong, I'll be all over you like a cheap suit. If you do a good job, I'm very happy to pat on the back. Very it's the sort of guy I am. I can go either way pending on the product that's produced. Very threatening language that you used off. I'll tell you what, I'm big on Brooksy. I'm big on Brooksy. There's no coming back from this. Once you outsource, you're done. Because that's just a sign of weakness. Now, no, sign you've... of lack of knowledge of the game. Oh, that's all right. I think Joel's all right with that. Hey, you've been watching a fair bit of tennis like I have. Yes, Although I have. I was watching with the family. I reckon it was day one and there was a tie break. And I still thought, or forgotten anyway, that it was still uh, first to seven in the fifth, if it's men, and third if it's if it's women, uh, in the tiebreak. But of course, 10, it goes to 10, ten. Goes to ten now, and I thought, oh gee, that's a bit sloppy of me. How did I not? Were well, you still on a win by two sort of game? Like <laughs> get to thirteen eleven or something. Yeah, that's right. And now I'm not the only one though. Danielle Collins plays the game professionally. Yesterday she got caught out. She forgot how tiebreaks worked, and she celebrated. She got to seven in her tiebreak <laughs> in her match. She was uh, she was down seven six, and she won the the second set six two, and it was six 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 three in the tiebreak. She thought she'd won at seven three in the tiebreak. Racket thrown on the ground, arms up in the air. No, Danielle, no. it goes to ten. Not there. She ended up getting there in the end, but uh, it got a bit of a shock oh. when it was explained to her that we go to ten now. You don't understand seven. that, hey? You don't understand it. Yeah, yeah. Old habits die hard, I suppose. So she was able to laugh it off, and she was somewhat embarrassed I as you can understand. Ash Barty played her in the final last year, didn't she? Yeah, I think it was Danielle yeah. Collins, wasn't yep. it? Yep. All right. He's tough. Here's, here's the moment with uh, with Danielle Collins yesterday. Collins thinks she's won it. She can laugh about it. That's well, you're going to have to laugh about it. It's too serious a moment, isn't it? Maybe, just maybe three points away from that moment, but we're not there yet. That's right. That's the only thing you can do, Scoob. Just got to laugh it off and uh, and get on with it. There was 
a men's national championships road race up in Ballarat. We just had the uh, the 2023 version a couple of weeks ago, years ago, famously, where uh, a cyclist, they do 18 laps, and such was the fatigue after 17 laps. He had a solo lead. He celebrated across the finish line. And by the time he realised, because he, they rang the bell lap to say, mate, you got one more to go. By the time he realised, he'd probably cost himself 10 seconds, 15 seconds. He timed everything into that last lap. And he had the, the bunch breathing down oh, his neck. No. The, and they caught him on the last Did lap they? and he didn't win. God, it'd be nothing. The old premature celebration, oh, Scoop. wow. What Just, about the jocks in the 3,000 metre races at right. Mooney Valley? Yeah. Nathan Brown celebrating the draw yeah. at Marvel Stadium. Well, what was it then? Might have been Telstra Dome back in those days. Mm. Celebrating, thinking they'd won. Oh, no. Arms down. She's a draw. <laughs> <laughs> Just never forget it, do you? Hey, uh, speaking of cycling, geez, they left some skin on the road in the Tour Down Under yesterday. I don't know if you saw any highlights of this, but the start and finish in Tanunda, I reckon four of the high-speed crashes you'll ever see, roads that are narrow, no shoulder, gravel on either side, they were coming along at 50, 60 kilometres an hour in some parts with nothing but, you know, a helmet and lycra to protect them. By geez, there was a fractured pelvis, there was a broken collarbone, there was multiple concussions, three abandonments. There were some parked cars still on the side of the road. How that's possible, I've got no idea. Spectators in close proximity. A lot of nervous energy, the first World Tour mm. race of the season, and they're coming off sliding along. Bitch, oh, God, it was hard to watch. At uh, 50 kilometres, 60 kilometres an hour, and they're getting up, and their kit's just shredded. Wow. Like, You're going over there tomorrow, aren't you? Yes, we'll be doing this remotely tomorrow. How do you reckon we'll go? Ab- would you reckon absence, that's a good thing. absence will make the heart grow fonder, do you think? What do I do with the spuds tomorrow? Well, you'll send them over. I'm not sending them to Korea. Adelaide. Express Korea. Are you Korea. going to the cycling race? I've got just as much chance of getting them over there as I have here. <laughs> are you, are you yes, going to the cycling race? I'm going race? to the Tour Down Under, yeah. I'm going with a few For mates For the weekend? Tomorrow. For the weekend. So you're flying over today? Flying over the Savo. Yeah. Now be careful. Now, the why's that? Well, things happen when people go away in groups and... Have, you know, go for dinner and have too much to drink. I'm not really reading about you in the paper tomorrow. If it bleeds, we can kill it. <laughs> um, the half-hour time difference is going to kill me tomorrow, though. You'll be sitting down here at 6 a.m. and I'll be sitting down over there oh, at 5.30. Ouch. And when are you coming back? Sunday. Well, you'll be tired Monday. Yeah, late you, Sunday too. Are you? You might have to really chaperone me through on Monday. Like a Sherpa getting to the top of I'll Everest. I'll be saying very little Monday. <laughs> Together with Mackers, we're giving you and away the chance to win a trip to Delhi for the second test, India v Australia. We, oh, I cannot wait for this test series. It's in February. It's all thanks to Mackers. All you've got to do is to be crowned the last fan standing every day here on Summer Brekkie. And across the day here at SEN, we're providing 11 cricket questions. And the last fan standing after the 11th question will have the chance to win on Monday, January 30. Simon, all the daily winners we collect from uh, here until now will go into the final. The last fan standing quiz for the chance to take the overall prize. Flights for you and a mate to Delhi. Five nights of the best accommodation you can find in that part of the world. Magnificent. A sports luncheon with SEN's commentary team. Corporate hospitality at the cricket. $1,000 spending money and all made possible by our great mates at Maccas. Have you watched Top Gun, Maverick? Of course. Twice. Yep. Love it. And Why? one of the themes through both the Top Gun movies is never leave your wingman. That's true. Yep. That's true. I, I think I figured it out, though. I think I think I know why you're a little bit antsy today. And the text has just reminded me. Perhaps you haven't recovered from yesterday's quiz, where apparently Brett Lee hit the biggest six at the G. Is that what's still the thorn in your side at the moment, the splinter you can't quite get out? Never leave your wingman, the theme of... <laughs> Top Gun, you're about to learn on Monday that I do not subscribe to the movie. 
back after this. The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Aaron, who holds the record by a long way for the longest six at the MCG? <laughs> the longest six at the G? Uh, Brett Lee. <laughs> oh, got it! I'm so wrapped someone got that wrong. <laughs> Magnificent. Still good 24 hours later. Got anything to say for yeah. yourself? What time do you fly out to Adelaide? <laughs> yeah. You staying the whole show or you just calling it quits a bit earlier? I think uh, this will be a good thing for us. I think you might be right. And especially leading into the weekend. What about I the can't... spuds? What do I do with them over the weekend? You can't refrigerate them. Cam has uh, put it succinctly. Uh, you're never getting your spuds, Sammy. Uh, pretty sure Scoob still owes someone a tomahawk from last year. You are right, Cam. He owes Sam Hargraves a tomahawk, and you paid that yet? How old's that debt? One, I don't owe him a tomahawk. I've got a feeling you owe me some meat as well. I don't owe you any meat. I reckon we had a buddy bet that you also lost, and I said, yeah, that tomahawk sounds good. I'll have a piece of that. You did And you lost, and it's just been forgotten. That's just a straight-out lie. I reckon we're going to have to go back through the archives. That's a straight-out lie. That's how I remember it. No, no. Well, I remember it completely different. Absolutely, completely, completely different. Morning, Sam and Simon. I was wondering how you'd discuss Noosa Slapgate, as it needed to be mentioned, but also handled with appropriately, which, quite frankly, is with humour. They all need to have a good look at themselves and grow up. Oh, I love the humour you attach to the commentary. Well done. Thanks, Vic. We might even have some more audio from uh, our little bug of the Noosa Park a little bit later <laughs> on. Um, if it bleeds, we can kill it to get ready for a broken arm and so on and so on. But uh, you're right. In real time, watching uh, or watching the video when it lobbed last night, just... Frankly, you cannot believe uh, how awkward and uh, embarrassing uh, it was and you feel for all parties involved. Uh, you mentioned Top Gun Maverick before. Do you know one of the things, you know the, the initial scene where he flies that, that I think yep. it's termed the Dark Star, that mm. plane that um, he's, he's um, I don't know, quality controlling, testing, 10Gs. Mach 10. Mm. Uh, the Chinese thought that was real. The Chinese, no. the story goes that um, Jerry Bruckheim, who's the producer, was told by the U.S. Navy that a Chinese satellite had adjusted its position and headed on a different path and was taking photographs of the Dark Star from from space because they thought it was real. Obviously, it's a t- they use real planes in the film, but this is a totally fictional oh, aircraft. And they thought, what are they onto here, the U.S. Uh, government? What have we got here? Mm-hmm. Why is Maverick? Why is Maverick? Why is uh, Tom Cruise flying this this plane? Um, at well, a one of our texts says, which one of you guys is goose? I'll tell you who's goose. Well, you are. You Chinese are, government. You are a, a you goose. Are, you are a goose. And because you've just seen the quiz that Maddie's provided. And your thoughts on it? It's a big 180 from you, isn't it? not giving you anything away. The <laughs> quiz comes up after 8.20, thanks you. to Maccas. You can be on a plane to Delhi and thoroughly enjoy yourself. I'm trying to get on it as well, but I've got no hope. You are full of praise. It is a very, very good quiz from Matty. Uh, looks good on things paper. Things that go on that just, they're looks, not, not to be broadcast. Oh, of course they are. I'm zipping up now. That's it. Talk some tennis out of this. Good is it time for the away. women to go to five sets? Do next week there too. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast.
Great to have you company too on a Wednesday morning. Sam Edmund, in fact, it's a Thursday morning. Sam Edmund, Simon O'Donnell with you. The week you're is just... getting that excited because you're flown. going to Adelaide. Off you're going to go. You're so excited to be out of here, not in a little <laughs> square room with me. Not at all. I'll miss Your you. Your favourite sport, the bike. I'll miss you greatly. Uh, the McCaffrey menu today on our Thursday our morning here at SEN Summer Brecky. Johnny Millman's going to join us a little bit later on. He's out at the Australian Open, unfortunately, last night, uh, the big Aussie. But uh, looking forward to catching up with John, who's always great company. Xavier Rath and Mays from Melbourne United as well. BP will provide the umbrella and expert analysis of the Australian Open's first three days. Questions without notice. And the last fan standing quiz that, uh, boy, has got a lot of people up and about this morning. It is for the Kogan Money credit card packed full of value. We're both watching a lot of tennis at the moment, Scoob. It is we a are. great event. The Australian enjoying Open. it. If you haven't been, do yourself a favour and get along. They do it so very well. You don't have to be a hard and rusted on tennis fan to appreciate the scale of the event, uh, the athleticism and the skill involved. But Jared Healy follows it closer than both you and I. And on Sports Day last night, he uh, provided his editorial, as he does off the top now. This one, this one is pause for thought for mine. Now, he, as you're about to hear, he's pushing for women to play five-set matches in semifinals and finals. Not because of equal prize money and, and for all that sort of stuff, but just because they are, A, they are capable of playing best of five sets, the women, and B, because of the unrivaled drama a five-set marathon can produce. And we see it in the men's game. We've seen it in the first three days down at Melbourne Park already. The unrivaled drama the five-set matches can deliver for punters. So this is a little bit of Jared Healy's, uh, Jared Healy's editorial on Sports Day last night. Murray has been to the final at Melbourne Park on five occasions. So he's won a lot of matches on centre court to get to the final day. But given the circumstances yesterday, his age, his hip, the time out of the game recuperating, last night may well have been his greatest ever victory at the Australian Open. It was clearly the match of the tournament by a mile to date. Another five-set masterpiece. Which brings me to my final point. It begs the question, in my mind at least... Given how high the game can ascend when five sets is the challenge, why do we continue to perpetuate the myth of the past that women are somehow inferior physically to men, fragile flowers that need protection and are shielded from the possible exertion required in a five-set match? They're not. They're hard and resilient, and the extra set would separate those that can and those that can't go the distance, mentally and physically, So often in a women's final, I'm left wanting more. Two sets just doesn't take it to the height that it could go. So bring it on. Five set matches for the women in the semi-finals and the finals of slams. And watch the epic encounters elevate the game to even greater heights as it does for the men's as it did again yesterday. Does he have a point, Jared Healy? one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the Opal line. I reckon we've still got a couple of prizes to give away on the uh, cutting room floor from yesterday as well. So, Simon, not because of equal prize money, but just simply because they can, and the drama that it would provide would be befitting of the contest. They, they do often leave us wanting more. Now, that they've gone down this path before the WTA. They did attempt to trial five-setters for the finals between 84 and 98, but ultimately they reverted to the best of uh, three set matches. Um, So it's not completely unprecedented, but what merit do you think the idea has? I don't, I don't think you can just ramp it up for a semi and a final. So it has to be all in or nothing. I think it's got to be all in. Well, you you can't, 
you can't play um, four quarters of twenty five minutes in the home and aways, and then so suddenly say now it's all mm. you know because it's but it's final, equal for it's, both. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't. It, it just doesn't work. You know, some people are, are better at that, and some people aren't as good, aren't as good at that. You can't you can't change the rules mm. of the game halfway through if you're preparing to play a certain you know, period of time, and then and, you... and I'll probably use Venus Williams, um, Serena Williams as an example. Yeah, as her career went on, I'm, I don't know whether Serena could have played a five set match as well as she could could have played a three set match. But that's part. That's what the men are the same. The the fatigue that sets in at the end, the the emotional fatigue, the drama, the exasperation, the tension that builds over a period of time. That's what makes it what but it is. But you've got to get rid of that person at the start of the tournament. If they can't play five sets, no matter who it is, they've got to be gone in round one and two. Not suddenly fatigue in the semi final and the final. You may you may make the final even worse. The final and the semi final worse matches. Because players can't play to that level for as long. Okay, so they've so got to be weeded out at the start. If we're, we were to do it from round one, would you be up for it? Yeah, of course I would. Yeah. I've got no problems with it. If, if, I wonder if, what that would do with schedule. Like I wonder now, you know, trying to fit in all these matches, whether that would just clog the schedule now and you wouldn't be able to get it not done. Not sure, but, but I, I have no problems with them if that's what everyone agrees on. But you can't just parachute it in for the semi and the final. It, it actually may not make it a better match. It may make it a worse match. Brian says people don't realise most men's events around the world, uh, except majors, are three-set matches. We're talking about Grand Slams, uh, Brian, at the moment. So we're talking about the, the big four um, across the course of the year, whether they should be five. I mean, that Murray-Berrettini match on Tuesday on Rod Laver, if that was the best of three, that would have been meh. But because it went the distance to five, with Murray barely able to walk, Berrettini blowing the match point, the drama in that. Johnny Millman we're going to speak to in a moment as well. His first round match on Monday on court three went the distance, five sets against Husler of Switzerland. Again, untold drama, incredible tension. Only five sets can produce it. So I wonder if we, as Jared says, potentially enhance the women's game by just going a little well, bit deeper. I, I, I can't see how you enhance it by only playing it in the semi and the final. Mm. I think there's an enormous risk there that you actually take away from the spectacle of the semi and the final. If you're going to do it, do it from the start. Uh, a lot of people agree with you that if you are going to do it, wipe the slate clean. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. if you want to have your say. By the way, those prizes I mentioned, I wasn't wrong. We've got the double pass still to the Summer Festival at the Valley on Jan 28. Oh. Racing, live music, entertainment. Aiden holds a golf for you and a mate with a cart. That's at Club Mandalay, clubmandalay.com.au. And a Signet Boost Power Bank. Let's not forget that. Valued at fifty nine ninety five. just showed me one of those stacks. Oh, yeah. The tour down under. That's 60K an hour, that oh, one. Oh, mate. Yeah, fractured pelvis. They hit the deck. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing the skill involved to avoid them as well. Quite often, they're only one and two riders. When you get those big oh. pile-ups. Um, yes, make women's tennis five sets. Best of three is ridiculous. You do often find yourself wanting more. With these women's matches at the pointy end. We've got one text in. Snooker and pool tournaments extend as they progress. Like, seriously. Well, that's a sport, snooker. Major sport. Gee, you're exerting yourself there, aren't you? Well, actually, now that you mention it, so think about... So women are given... You could go for five days if you wanted to, snooker. So women are given concessions in Grand Slams, right? Best of three as opposed to best of five. When you think about it, cricket, watching our women's cricketers at the moment, shorter boundaries, yes. We're watching our footballers, we just did... Daisy Pierce retiring yesterday. Shorter quarters, FLW. Ladies tees in golf, shorter. So around the world in other sports, concessions are given. So what would it mean if, is it that, is it that? Maybe we should ask the women. 
whether they want to play the best of five. Yeah. Uh, well, why don't we ask the cricketing, the women's cricket team, do you want the full length oval? Playing three sets across the start of the tournament and five in a final or semi-final would be like playing a T20 uh, with a 50-over final. Um, that's coming through on the text as well. Agree, you don't run a series of one-kilometre races to see who runs the 10-kilometre race final. <laughs> I don't have an actual problem with that, to be honest. Uh, I think Jared's got some merit in what he says. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 I'm all for the five-setter. I'm all for the five-setter for the women. And- I don't know whether they want it. Are they are the women running around saying we want to play five sets? Not sure. I'm not sure. Is the is the, the, the AFLW saying we want to play on a? I'm not the, sure. The but same quarters as the AFL. That's not what Jared's saying. He's men's? saying as a fan, he wants to see more tennis, and they're entirely capable no, no, of delivering. You, you then turn that into all, all these other games have short either shortened periods oh, in, of time or smaller grounds. Sport. Yep, yep. I mean, why is that done then in the first place? There must be a reason that's done in the first place. Is it because you know, the the physicality is, is um, there's a difference in how that physicality is handled over a period of time, the strength of being able to hit a ball a certain distance or run a run a certain time? I mean, why do men run faster in a hundred meter final than the women do? Mm-hmm. Well, we know the answer to that. So, so why, why why are we suddenly trying to? Why do you need to change it? Unless the, unless the women want to change it, why, why are we having a discussion about it? Okay. Well, I think it's worth raising, and I think Jared's uh, makes some good points. Kane off the text, Healy is spot on, but it's not for everyone. Um, and it's a topic that, look, it's not a new topic, of course. It goes all the way, as we said, all the way back to the 80s, and maybe even before that as well, when the WTA did trial it uh, come finals time. What I'm saying, someone needs to come out and say why the women's game is designed differently to the men's game. In tennis? Everything, everything, everything. Just come out and say it, because no, it's it seems everyone dodges the question. We want equal pay. We want it, want it all to be all, all to be level. Yeah, but we know yeah, what. But you don't want to play the same amount of time or the, put in the um, uh, run the same distance or hit the ball the same. Uh, um, sorry, play the same amount of time in a game of footy. I mean. Why is it so? Someone just come out and tell us why it's so. All right. We'll take a break here on Summer Brecky. Uh, your involvement, always welcome. We've got uh, several prizes to give away as well. We'll be back uh, right after this. Uh, the Temper 40 Winks text, by the way. They've got your unique bed match profile. They have the right bed for you. 40 Winks, they're serious about sleep. <laughs> The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. I didn't want to be an influence, you know, floating around the footy club, content with where I'm at and going off into the sunset, enjoying my footy. Whilst I could have done that, I don't think I could have quite met my my own personal standard of chasing. And I think um, this is a group that's capable of long-term success and... I think it's going to require 30 players that are hungry and chasing, and I couldn't convince myself that I was going to be that, so it was a bit of that. That was Daisy Pearce yesterday upon her retirement announcement, SEN's very own, of course, a pioneer, a trailblazer in the women's game, and a premiership captain in the women's game. What a way to bow out for the former Melbourne champion, Daisy Pearce. Carl's been waiting on the line in. Barwon Heads, he wanted to talk about it. G'day, Carlos. How you going, Sam? Morning, Stuart. Morning, Morning to you. This is great timing. I just, yeah, with the women on sport, what a pioneer that Daisy Pearce has been. Probably the most familiar face since its inception. Ten-time 
premiership player at the highest level before the AFLW, topping it off with a flag, three best and fairest. On the, on the radio, on the TV, her along with Abby Holmes do an absolutely sensational job. Yep. No, well said, Carl. I love her commentary. What do you think of her commentary when you're watching the game? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I get used to it. Sometimes she struggles to put a sentence together, but other than that, I really enjoy her. She's really um, in-depth and insightful, in my opinion. Good on you, Carl. No, you're right, though, in terms of her. I went out and watched Great her. ambassador. She's yeah, I went out and watched her play a game for the Darabin Falcons. This is way before AFLW. went out there um, one day to have a look. And I walked away thinking she could seriously play the game. This is mm. when she was obviously a lot younger than she is now and in her absolute prime, she could seriously um, play the game. She was one of the key drivers in making sure the AFLW actually got off the ground and started in 2017 rather than um, the, the ideal, which was the, the initial 2020 inception. Um, and to think that it just lined up with her career. So it would have been a real shame if AFLW didn't come in until the real back end of her career or if she missed out altogether. As a 13-year-old who had to stop playing footy, she said yesterday, because simply because she was female, and to think that her only involvement in the game would be as a supporter in the stands to think how far we've come with women's footy. Now, the sky's the limit. Yeah, I think a lot of people would have forgotten you know, the, the Darabin days in a way. Like, you know, she retires, I think it's with 51 AFLW games, which people say, oh, 51. But, yeah. you know, she had a, a, a decade prior to that playing brilliantly in the uh, um, in the women's league uh, with Darabin, as you say. Uh, the, the clubs in that Women's League. I mean, Melbourne Uni used to have yep. a really good team in yep. that. In that, the Falcons were just about unbeatable. Yeah. I reckon, like they just won premiership after after premiership. Um, and just it was unheralded, we... wasn't it, for a long time? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, she did speak yesterday, actually, Daisy, about how you know winning the premiership it gave her a, a, a lot of time to think about. Well, is this the right time to leave? Do I stay and try to win another one? Or winning so good, do I try to recapture it? Or is it the perfect way to bow out? It actually uh, added to the complexity in her decision making. I think there was a bit of an assumption that it was win it and I'm done or lose it and I might have to consider going again. But in fact, um, the satisfaction of last season and the enjoyment and the the closeness of the bonds that we've now formed, um, it actually made it a bit more confusing and harder to step away. So it's it's probably been one of the the harder decisions that I've ever had to make. Um, But now that I'm here and I've been able to say it out loud to, to Mick and a few of my teammates, um, yeah, I feel like it's the right decision. Uh, Coach Mick Stanier alongside her as well. Her family were there. Uh, so more time with the twins, Sylvie and Roy, for Daisy. And she's going down the highway, Scoop. She'll take on an assistant cats. coaching role with the Cats. Mm-hmm. So that's great. And we'll see her and hear her on the small screen as well in the 2023 season and beyond. Just a lot of text coming through on the tennis and whether the women should go to five, either during... Um, tournaments, Grand Slams from start to finish or just in the semi-finals and finals. Uh, Jared Healy really strong on it last night on Sports Day that um, the drama that five sets produce is why uh, he wants it. He finds himself uh, wanting more when it comes to the women's game and says they're entirely capable of, of going the distance in five. Uh, off the text, can't see it happening. TV broadcasters won't have it. The tiebreaker was invented for TV to make matches shorter and more predictable for scheduling. Um, this one's interesting from Dale down in Hobart. I'm a novice watcher and I would rather like three sets for either gender as four to five hours just isn't ideal for me. Cricket is going shorter for the watching pundit. From a time point of view, I just don't have the time to watch. So what Dale's saying is across the globe now, like society, we've got less time, less attention mm. spans. We want everything quicker. We want everything shorter. Sports going that way as well, particularly cricket. 
this would be cutting against the grain if we were to make it longer. It's even worse now. I remember my kids were growing up and, and you'd be helping out with your junior cricket club and coaching and scoring and stuff like that. It was babysitting. Kids used to get dropped off and there wasn't a parent inside. Yeah. Now, one, yes, you, know, you think, oh, I'll take a bit more interest. But two, you know, there were time constraints. People had to go and do things. You know, Saturday not. morning was the only time they, they could get out and whether it be, you know, their, their shopping or or general household things, whatever it might have been, or they were actually at work. They actually were going to work, and they worked six days a week, some seven days a week to, to keep their head above water. So it's, there's so many other challenges out there now, and, and you know, it, it's tough. It's, it's really tough for people to, mm. to keep their kids involved in their sports if you played the old amount of times in cricket. And there were days when you know, the kids started at nine and finished about one, Parents couldn't afford those four hours. I remember little, they needed them. little athletics. That was an all-day affair. You used to drive mum around the twist. Mm. We, we'd be doing the high jump, and then four hours later, you'd have to wait, and then you'd do the shot put, then you wait another two hours for the 200. <laughs> Mum's sitting there all day at the uh, the Tookarook Athletics track down the peninsula thinking, what, what's happened to my day? This is ridiculous. It's my day off. Yes. I'm going to be... Having a bit of mum time, and here I am oh. raking the uh, sand yes. pit for the kids in the long jump. <laughs> Woody, Woody and Glen Oris. It's not unprecedented to change the length for the final. Men's Masters Series final used to be best of three sets up until the final, and the final was best of five. They should uh, make the women's singles final five sets, Simon. Um, so that comes back to your point about can you shift the goalposts mid-grand slam. Uh, Georgie in Bendigo, question. If a male t- now this is getting into the slippery slope territory when it comes to pay and equal pay as it is at the Australian Open. If a male tennis player gets through to the final without dropping a set and wins the final in straight sets, would you offer him less prize money because he only played three sets in every match? So this is where we're getting into dangerous territory. And this wasn't Jared's argument last night. He was more motivated from a fan perspective mm. and wanting to see Spectacle. more and saying, "Why do we make concessions? Why do the women have concessions in their play when they're entirely capable and professional enough?" To, to go the distance in five. It's a little bit different when it comes to AFLW, which is pointed out here from Lee, aimed at you, Simon. With AFLW, I think the shorter quarters are legitimately uh, part of the foundation of the game. They're not fully professional yet, so a bit less conditioning is expected. Perhaps when it's a fully professional sport, they can make it equal in terms of time spent on the park. Okay. That's so got some merit, doesn't it? So the ammos must do... Lesser quarters, do they, than the AFL men? So the the amateur footy... The Vaffa. The Vaffa do shorter quarters than the AFL I like the men's way you, do. I like the way you manoeuvred that on the chessboard. That was very good. Very good. What does this text mean from Greg? Do Scoob's cows get to graze closer to the homestead than his bulls? What I'm trying to decipher that. It's Greg in Brisbane. What's Greg getting at there? <laughs> I can't figure that Greg, out. Greg, please explain. I can't figure that Have out. Have another crack at that, Greg. I'm looking forward to having a chat to BP later. And Johnny Milman as well, who uh, also spoke. I can't spoke... wait to talk to Johnny Milman. Because the balls at the tennis have been a real talking point this year. The Dunlops. Rafa didn't like them. Rafa didn't like them before we even started. And he had some support later on. Um, Johnny Milman says, I don't know what you're talking about. The balls are the same as what they've always been. And then yesterday, the Canadian, Felix Auger Alassim. He was mid-match. In fact, he was two sets down, two sets to love down. He didn't down. like his balls. He didn't like his balls. He didn't like the speed of them. But the way, have a listen to the way he approached the chair umpire. He's so polite and he's so respectful, but he just had an issue with the quality of the balls. Set. I don't know. I know you can't do anything, but 
don't know if it's a batch of cans, but I'll double check. I'll double check terrible. this. I'll double check this next one, uh, Felix, as well, just to make sure it's firm like normal. But okay. I agree with you. The first one you gave me was a little bit. Yeah, but they're all a little bit like this. Uh, I'm bouncing them on the server. I know. I know. You know what I mean? No, no, for sure you know. I've I know. never seen it. No, no, for sure you know, but. I never complain about this, but the balls are not bouncing. If you could couldn't quite make that out, he goes. I know. I know you can't do anything, but he goes. I know. I know. Like think about it. These guys hit millions, yep. billions of balls every day. And the umpire was good. He said, "I know you yeah, know." Yeah, yeah. He goes. I don't know if it's a bad can or whatever, but the, I know. And these balls, they're not bouncing. Mm. Something's wrong with them. Can we get them checked? So. Um, we might ask BP about how that's raging on down there. Certainly Johnny Millman as well after his defeat uh, last night to Daniil Medvedev, who, as you mentioned, uh, Scoob, your man going very, very well at the moment. Rafa Nadal destroyed mentally, he said yesterday, um, with that injury, second-round exit from the Australian very Open. Very noble. So that's why he's a champ. His title defence is over, sadly, but he didn't quit. No. He, he, he gave – we did his best anyway to give uh, the American Mackenzie McDonald his moment in the sun with his victory, which, as you say, was very noble. And, and uh, he was very respectful too. Yeah, his he opponent. wasn't bad. Yeah, he wasn't bad. Oh, when he shook his hand. And yes, he yes, yes. He didn't sort of you – know, No, no, there was the no bravado. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. One of the greatest wins in my career when the bloke up the other end was on one leg. When it, in which case it probably would have been the yes, biggest win in his career. Right. Yeah. All right, we'll take uh, the news headlines. So many great texts coming in about Daisy Pierce in the wake of her retirement as well. Daisy's an absolute legend. Always love listening to her insights on TV and radio. That's from Andy. And some concerned listeners out there as well, Scoob. Uh, keen to know what your thoughts are on Camilla Georgie's chances today. I know you're a, a tough round today. You're a full time analyst, so we'll get you to break that down right after these uh, tennis news, expert news headlines. Soccer expert. <laughs> James is texting from Cotton Scoob, yep. uh, and he says, "I think you will find the AFLW players really dislike the shortness of the quarters." That's certainly the feedback from my daughter who plays for the Hawks. Uh, so we'll take that at face value. And the other thing they really dislike is the shortness of the season. They want a full season. They want to play every team once, at least. Um, and I think they'll get there eventually uh, as uh, I guess that uh, competition continues to grow. You can see the first ever Australian paddle open at AO 2023, the newest racket sport with the off-the-wall energy. And if you're keen on playing tennis after watching it, you can hire a tennis court at uh, play.tennis.com.au. Tennis court hire. No membership. No Worries, prizes, still got a stack of them to give away here. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. You might have to take the club Mandalay one, Scoob. I know you play there a little bit. If no one claims it, I reckon you're welcome to it. Go what and have a round no of gold. Well, if no one uh, calls up and wants the prize, then I'd hate to see it go to waste. We've got a double pass to the Summer Festival at the Valley on Jan 28 as well. Um, tickets at thevalley.com.au. And we've got the Signet Boost Power Bank. I could do with one of those, actually. Maybe I'll... I'll go home with that a little bit later on. We might keep this uh, chat brief because I want to get Brett Phillips up shortly. There's so much to talk to BP about after a big day three down at the Australian Open. Um, Rafa Nadal, the balls, uh, Johnny Millman, uh, Tanasi Kokonakis, who's red hot at the moment. Uh, Andy Murray awaits him. Novak Djokovic plays again today, so there is a lot to get through. So is uh, my, my girl. Yeah, who's she playing, Camilla Georgie? Uh, she's playing uh, AK Schmidlova. Okay, what do you think uh, she needs to do? Well, to they're both unseated, but I think uh, Camille will get through. I think she'll be fine there today. And uh, she has a, a good record of getting to third round of Grand Slams, but I think she might even go a bit further than that this year. Okay. The 31-year-old Italian. I like your optimism. I know you follow her career very closely. Nice player, A.K. Schmidlova. Is she? Yes. What's nice her strength? Player. Serve. Okay. Good serve. She generally yeah, has got two serves. Good from the, from the baseline? 
Yeah, can do a bit of serve volley. Serve volley? Um, yeah, strong overhead. Okay. Yeah. All right, then. Well, we'll take a break because I want to get BP up on the other side of this. Plenty happening down at Melbourne Park. Schmiedlover. And we'll have a chat to Brett Phillips shortly. Bye. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. Three action-packed days at Melbourne Park in the bank when it comes to the first Grand Slam of the year. Of course, our Australian Open. And thanks to the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar, Brett Phillips joins us to review and to preview. BP, welcome. Yeah, good morning, Sam. Uh, Simon, another uh, another big day, but we got things uh, back on track. I think uh, it was at a better 1.32am finish this morning. Having got all those outside courts dried, and I think the uh, the schedule's pretty much back on track now, which is good. And hopefully, albeit it's uh, looking a little ominous outside, no rain I don't think expected today, BP. So uh, we'll keep mm. our fingers crossed and then into a nice weekend of weather. Hey, Rafa Nadal, he doesn't give a stuff about that, though. He's out of the Australian Open. Uh, injury uh, flared. Uh, he said he was destroyed mentally. His second-round exit uh, yesterday. Uh, Mackenzie McDonald, the victor in that one. How did you see it? Because uh, there would be few players in the draw at Melbourne Park at the moment who have an approval rating as high as Rafa Nadal? No, exactly, uh, Sam. Look, it was disappointing, no doubt. Anytime you lose um, you know, a champion, a, a draw card, I mean, he's had obviously ongoing foot issues. He's had abdominal uh, tears across the journey. Uh, this was more around the hip region. Uh, extended time off court at the end of that second set. Even got Craig Tiley out of his office to come down and chat with him in the Dale camp, and there was... You know, concerned that he was even going to come back out on court, but he doesn't retire lightly in the Dali. You know, likes to meet his obligation of finishing a match, mm. even if he's uh, certainly not cherry ripe. So he played out that third set; it was pretty competitive. But yeah, he was a shadow of the man who started the match and that we saw in round one. But this has happened to Rafa a lot across the journey. He's retired from a few Australian Opens, and you think, well, maybe this is the last year on tour. Uh, but then he gets himself up. He goes home to Mallorca and uh, recuperates, has a big clay court swing, wins another French Open, and that keeps him going. So, look, there's a bit of uncertainty, and you know, it's a year-by-year sort of proposition. But he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to uh, sign off from the sport. He wants to uh, still you know, try and get himself right physically and see what's left in that body. But, yeah, it was yeah, certainly disappointing to lose him yesterday. I thought that was interesting, VP, his press conference where... He intimated that he just goes back and he gets this fix now and he gets to work yep. again because tennis, even with all the success he's had, means so much to him. And not only him, mm. his wife was in tears mm. in the players' box yesterday. Like mm. It's still extraordinarily emotional for them to go to a tennis tournament for him to do his best. Yeah, no, no doubt, Simon. Look, he, he's been through this so many times, um, you know, through his career. And, and we always thought that... Out of the big three, he probably wasn't going to have the longevity to go to, you know, 40 like Federer has. Although, you know, effectively, Roger's last two years were a write-off. You know, Djokovic could go another four years, but we thought Rafa would probably be the one that exits in his maybe mid to late 30s. Uh, but it does mean a lot. I mean, his wife uh, being there, I mean, she doesn't travel, but obviously now they've got a family. Uh, the whole family's come. So she's rarely at his tennis matches apart from the French Open and some European tournaments. And his dad's there, his agent. It's been a tight-knit team for a long time. And his team, Nadal, who are on the road. And they go through the roller coaster ride with the athlete, the highs and the lows. And everyone feels it uh, in that camp. And he's still got this unbelievable determination to compete 
Uh, I suppose, you know, <laughs> and Simon, you can relate to that. You know, if you're a competitive sports person, it, you find it hard just to let that go. And, I mean, the Dale will walk away extremely satisfied when it's all said and done with what he's achieved out of the sport. But it, it is hard to, to make a call when that actually happens. No, you can't let it go. You're right there. You should see him on the golf course uh, at the moment. That's where it manifests itself, <laughs> uh, BP. Hey, there's a lot on the menu today to look forward to. Uh, for mine, Thanasi Kokonakis backing up again, uh, albeit he didn't have to play too long yesterday, up mm. against Andy Murray, who couldn't walk by the end of uh, his first round match. Um, what sort of appetite have we got for this one? Well, this should be a beauty. So Margaret Court Arena, uh, you know, it's intimate. I think Thanasi wanted that court rather than sort of being put onto Rod Laver. And Djokovic is going to be there tonight anyway, so he gets uh, top billing. But look, the crowd will be breathing all over uh, these two. You know, Murray, how's he going to come back after uh, that epic against Berrettini? But, you know, he'll have the appetite to compete, Andy. He'll have done everything to get his body Cherry ripe to play. Yeah, Thanasi's fresh. Uh, minimal time on court last night to finish off that match against Fanini. I think he's running on top of the ground, uh, Kokonakis, but he's up against a guy who's going to push him to the limits and make him play a lot of balls. And I think we've come down to the shot selection for Thanasi tonight. He can, he can play, Sam, but at times just pulling the trigger a little early. And with Andy Murray, you've got to have a degree of patience around the court. So it is certainly the, the matchup that jumps off the page and you will have it live on the SEN tonight. And the other two Aussies in action, uh, Demon Orr and Popperin, uh, Fritz against uh, Alexi Popperin. I'd love to see Popperin pop a seed if he can. Uh, and Fritz is, I think, eight BP. Is he any yeah. show there? He's going to have to lift, uh, Simon. Taylor Fritz, uh, I think, is starting to put himself in the conversation of, you know, Grand Slam semifinals. It's, you know, you go from being a regular sort of fourth-round quarter-finalist, and he needs to take the next step. But he's, you know, got the game. He hits with incredible power. And, and Popperin's going to have to just get on his bike and, and take some risks as well. Sometimes I just watch Alexi and I feel like I'm seeing the same type of ball go back and forth. Now he's got to mix it up. He's got to be a little bit daring. Uh, you know, get to the net too. I mean, Alexi is not a bad volleyer. And I love seeing these guys... Uh, get forward. I mean, even saw John Millman. Uh, look, watch Medvedev last night. He's a big gazelle. Uh, you know, finish off the points. Don't just be sort of content going through 20, 30 shot rallies because Fritz will finish you off at some point. So I'm just keen to see what the game plan is at Popperin tonight. And Demonor, look, should beat uh, Manorino. He's foxy, though, Manorino. He's the Frenchman who takes the pace off the ball, lots of spins. Played a great first set against Nadal about two years ago. One of the best first sets I've seen at the Australian Open. But Alex, I think, is running on top of the ground. He's taking the ball early and you know, he'll be uh, jumping out of his skin airborne. He might uh, he might get out of the stadium tonight on uh, John Kane at the Roos Open. So no, watch out for that one. Talking to ASEAN tennis commentator Brett Phillips. BP, the, the discussion and the debate around the balls just won't go away. I mean, we haven't asked you about this yet. I mean, is it a storm in a teacup or is the concerns legitimate for some players? Well, yeah, I wouldn't say it's the most popular ball uh, add-on to uh, the, the Dunlop, but look, I mean, the players through different Grand Slams will certainly whinge about a few things, be it the balls, be it the, you know, the, the courts and the speed of courts. I mean, you know, they've just got to sort of get on with it, adjust to the playing conditions, and, um, you know, it's not, it's not a total disaster. Uh, you know, players will find different things to uh, that will agitate them. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously the deal is with Dunlop. That's uh, the way it is for now. Uh, yeah, I think it's a little bit of a storm in a teacup, and it's you know when players are, are certainly losing matches, they'll find different things to uh, complain about. But 
Yeah, I don't think it's a disaster, that's for sure. Uh, in the women's side, uh, Kim Birrell, it was a great story uh, with her first round uh, victory uh, up uh, again today, um, uh, BP. So she takes on Linda Fruvatova. Now, this young girl from the Czech Republic is only 17 on the cusp of the top 100. Younger sister Brenda qualified at 15. So these two are going to do some damage in the sport for the next 10 to 15 years. We've been tracking them since they're about 13, 14, coming through the juniors. So uh, I I just hope Kim today brings that self-belief with her because this girl has got all the publicity her opponent. And just go for broke, Kim. Just hit that tennis ball and just take the game on. Uh, and she'll have that crowd on Kia Arena right in her hip pocket, riding every shot. So not without a chance, uh, but this young girl from the Czech Republic is uh, going to be a sensation. Hey, we were talking earlier about five sets for women, which, uh, granted, is certainly not a new debate, but particularly around semifinals and finals. And Just listening to Jared Healy's uh, editorial last night, more around he finds himself wanting more when it comes to the women's game, BP, and that the women are entirely capable and equipped and adept and, and, and able to play five sets, maybe even at the pointy end of Grand Slams. I mean, not a new debate. In fact, I think it's been trialled in, in years gone by. But uh, is this something that uh, is an ongoing conversation at all? Do the women even want to do that? I mean, where's that sort of sit? No. I, I think it's a conversation, in all honesty, Sam, that we should just put to bed because yeah. this has been raging. And, and the sport of tennis goes way too long anyway. And obviously everything's designed around television. Mm. And you can have some of the best epic uh, three-set women's matches that go 7-6 in the third that are better than the straight sets uh, winning the men's. Um, so, I mean, you know, if you went through every tennis match, you, you could compile some pretty good data there. You know, do we want the women going and playing five sets? I mean, the, 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 the days will never end in tennis. I mean, we're finishing at 2 a.m. We're yeah. starting matches at 11 o'clock at night. So I think we just put this conversation uh, to bed because I've seen more women's matches over two or three hours uh, prove more entertainment uh, than a men's match at times. So I think the, the balance is fine and we just leave it as it is. Yep. BP Sam Stosa, last uh, Aussie Open. She's on uh, in the doubles today with uh, Elise Cornet. Any chance of continuing on through the tournament to get somewhere near the, uh, a final here in the doubles? Well, who knows? Uh, get out there, folks, if you're uh, going in early with uh, the Grand Pass Kia Arena and, and pack it out for Sam up against her, my favourite. Well, she's no, she's playing with my favourite, Elise Cornet. Always some drama around Elise. She gets a bit of heat stroke and collapses on the court and she uh, gets the wobbles, but uh, no, she'll be uh, right on uh, today. Look, they could win a couple of rounds. Hard to know. Um, I mean, the doubles is always... You know, uh, a bit of a mixed bag. And obviously, down to match tie breaks, anything can happen. Need a little bit of luck at times. But, yeah, hopefully you know, hopefully there's at least one more victory for Sam uh, so she can feel that, you know, just that winning feeling one last time, uh, Simon. And uh, one of the uh, outsiders of the tournament, I think, uh, BP, um, is younger T. Well, she's not young anymore. She's 31. Uh, Camilla Georgie oh, takes geez. on AK Schmedlova. Where, where, where are your thoughts there? You're in the Georgie camp. Oh, uh, he's, he's pitching the tent. <laughs> <laughs> if you read, if you read the backstory on, do you know the whole backstory on Camilla Georgie? The, the vaccination. Well, it goes way back to oh, American investors tried to invest in uh, the Georgie tennis brand, and they were dudded. They were chased for money for years. Father Sergio, I don't know if he's here. He looks like Einstein. He's normally behind, <laughs> hiding behind a tree somewhere because Camilla's. Uh, Camilla just 
closes her eyes and she hits the absolute bejesus out of that tennis ball. He can't watch. He's throwing in double faults. I was in Hobart one year when she served 25 double faults in a match and Sergio, I think, uh, got into the Kia and uh, disappeared back to the hotel. BP, always... What's going on with Camilla? (laughs) She's made his day now. Uh, A lot of great feedback for you. Uh, Vic wanted us uh, via the text to pass on. Our thanks to you, doing a fantastic job, and uh, she's praying you have an early night tonight than you did last night. Uh, good on you, mate. Enjoy the day. No, I'm actually going to go pay more attention to Camilla George's match here today <laughs> than any match. Thank you, Jed. <laughs> Brett Phillips there. Pinnacle of Engineering is the Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever oh, crafted. Boy, are you what? Are you in the Camilla Georgie camp? My word. Uh, get involved in the Temple 40 Wings text. Get your unique bed match profile. Find the right bed for you. 40 Wings. Serious about sleep. The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. Sam Edmonds, Simon O'Donnell with you. Uh, it is halftime in the English Premier League and it is Manchester United 1. Crystal Palace uh, nil in that one. We'll keep an eye on that as the morning unfolds, Scoob. But just having a look, Bruno Fernandes hit the back of the net in the 43rd minute for the Red Devils. And they are 1-0 up uh, on the road at, at the break. Uh, yeah, Brett Maher, we spoke about him a bit yesterday, the poor old kicker for the Dallas Cowboys who missed four pats in their playoff uh, victory, which luckily for him happened to be emphatic. So the show goes on. But we debated, would they stick with him? Would they not? They've got uh, the San Francisco 49ers up next. He became the first player in any NFL game since 1932 to miss four extra point attempts. And he missed the week prior a pad as well, so the the final game of the regular season. So he's missed his last five attempts. They're going to back him in, though. They are going to back him in. Alex says, got to own your mistakes. Following up, read the Cowboys kicker. They've come out and backed him publicly, saying they won't sack him. Probably the first NFL team ever to do this. Hopefully he doesn't have another nightmare game next week. That's spelt M-A-H-E-R. Yes. Nightmare. Yes. So the right decision, you picked this. You said they were going to stick with him. Yeah, I thought they were going to sack to. him. No, uh, the special to. teams coach is a man by the name of John Fassel. And he said, uh, hell yeah, we're backing him in. If you ask me, absolutely. But the head coach of the Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, said, the biggest thing is just to make sure you've got a good plan with Brett moving forward and just to make sure he's ready. What does that mean? I think Johnny's in a bit of strife if things don't go the right way. A few way. jiggers in the change room beforehand. Oh, it's what? A bit of a zap to get him up and about, you reckon? What does that mean? Oh, oh. Well, work with him. Now, Fassel said the biggest thing for us is to not pretend like it didn't happen. So they're not sweeping under the carpet. And we're not just moving on. He said we had to address it. We have addressed it from what happened mentally and physically. So all cards have been laid out. He said Mm. uh, Brett Maher, as you'd understand, was absolutely When's their next game? Uh, the 49ers. Sorry, that's a question without no, it is. I'm assuming it's this weekend against the 49ers. 49ers. Oh, your boys, are they? My boys. Oh, okay. Oh, you got your shirt. Look at you. I hadn't even noticed. 49ers shirt on. Johnny Millman is up next. Stay with us. The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Hey, Viv uh, just texted in, um, Scoob. Morning, lads. Was listening intently to your discussion yesterday about whether tennis players should have played through the heat on Tuesday. While some great points on players being able to, I think we have to think also 
about the ball kids and the other on-court staff who either are not of age or haven't trained to be able to handle the heat and are the backbone of the tournament. So it makes a good point there, Viv. Take uh, take that on board. Absolutely. Good on you, Viv. Um, not too far away from our chat to Johnny Millman, who unfortunately went down last night to Daniil Medvedev in straight sets. Always really generous with your time, Johnny Millman, who's 33 years of age now. Um, I think he had a career-high rank of 33, maybe four or five years ago. Um, so uh, the big Queenslander, we'll get him on uh, shortly to have a chat about uh, how he bowed out and how he saw it. He's playing doubles, though, with Alex uh, Vucic, uh, Vukic uh, in this tournament as well. So the show rolls on for him in some way, shape or form. He, um, he's he got a great future in tennis, John Millman. Oh, yeah? Post-career? Well. Or whenever. However long he wants to play because he prepares himself. He does. Brilliantly. And uh, gives everything every time he plays. And, and afterwards, from what I hear, I don't know the – don't know Johnny Millman personally, but just what he exposes himself on the court and how he not exposes himself on the court. That's the wrong way of putting it. The, Puts the himself out there. Showcases yeah. himself on the court and what people say about him. I would say his um, um, his post playing career looks very good as a coach. Certainly among uh, Australia's most loved tennis players right now, but unfortunately it came to an end last night. In the singles draw anyway, uh, he went down in straight sets to the seventh seed and the two-time runner-up here, Daniil Medvedev. So we really appreciate the big Queenslander jumping on the line with us this morning. G'day, John, and uh, welcome and commiserations for last night. G'day, guys. No, thanks for having me. Sorry Um, for saying you exposed yourself on the court there, John. (laughs) Yeah, mate. Look, um, I haven't been told I expose myself too often, but um, Daniel in his celebrations exposed his He did. as a bit of a joke, um, I think in reference to Martin Fuksovic, uh, the Hungarian who's built like the Hulk and took off his shirt and flexed. So it um, wasn't to be for me, but look, I actually played some pretty good tennis. Um, lost to a guy who I think is probably in the top two or three chances to, to win this whole thing. Yeah, well, I was going to get your thoughts on that, actually, John, because it didn't look like from the complete novice point of view, which is ours, that you did a lot wrong. And the other bloke just hitting a mean ball at the moment. Yeah, look, and those conditions, I think they kind of suit him. Um, you know, it was a cold day yesterday. Obviously, the roof was closed, but when there's not that heat in that court, um, you can't get that ball really bouncing and it's really hard to get it out of Daniel's strike zone. He's Moves well, uh, he covers a lot of court, mm. um, and he's hard to play through. So I think if the conditions, I've looked at the forecast after after I played just to to kind of gauge my thoughts on, on how deep he'll go. And it doesn't look like we're going to get those really hot days, which I think could play in his hands, actually, as the tournament goes on. I think he loves those conditions and um, could go deep. A lot of debate, just speaking about the balls that you referenced, there's a lot of debate about them as a whole, the quality of them, uh, their durability, their speed. I mean, are you buying into that at all, the concerns among some players? No, look, for me personally, I think that's uh, just a bit of chatter. I don't know. um, Week to week, I don't know if there's a ball that holds up Mm. all that well these days, um, purely because of the the strings and and the rackets and and guys are playing, you know, longer rallies, guys and and girls. Daniel and I had a few, you know, 30, 40 ball rallies. And obviously, when you're hitting the ball like that, the ball's going to wear. As, as a new ball, they're, they're, they're quick. And as they wear, look, they, they get a little bit slower. But I actually don't think they're the worst ball. John, father time, he's a bummer. He gives up on nobody. Mm. Um, how much longer do you want to stay on court and, and expressing yourself the way you do, which is, is brilliant? And what does the future hold? I'm thinking, you know, coaching... 
looks to be high on your agenda from me looking in. What about from you? It's an interesting question. Obviously, I am getting a little bit older in the tooth, and I think that it makes you appreciate um, you know, those matches yesterday and also my first round where I got up in five sets mm-hmm. with a really in front of a really vocal Australian crowd and the atmosphere they created was, was really special and it makes you really appreciate those moments a little bit more. Um, it's no lie, you know, I am coming towards the end of my career. What do I want to do when I finish? I'm not totally sure. Um, the tennis coaching is an Aussie tennis coach. I have so much respect for them because they do 35, 40 weeks on the road a year and I don't know if um, I, I necessarily can do that. I'd love to stay involved in the sport, maybe on the admin side. Um, to help this next generation come through. I've got a way up, though, if I can get on the road like our Aussie coaches do for 35, 40 weeks because, um, mate, when you've been doing it for 15, 16 years, you do get a little bit travelled out. But, Johnny, that round one when you mentioned that on court three, the five set of the crowd, the support, as you say, the raucous atmosphere, I imagine that's exactly why you play. I mean, but they're not all like that, are they? I mean, I think there's a real curiosity amongst the, the sport-loving um, Australian at the moment who might only follow tennis when the Australian Open is in town about what the professional circuit is like. I mean, you've been doing it for a long period of time. There's hard times. There's good times. You obviously still love it. Can you let us in on what it's like travelling the world and being a, a pro tennis player? I, I think a lot of people are fascinated by that lifestyle. Yeah, well, first and foremost, you touched on it. That you don't get those moments week in, week out where you get the support of the nation behind you. Uh, and they, they're special, and they're the ones you kind of take a memory snapshot and, and you go back and you reflect on that when you probably hang them up and you think that that's pretty special. But week to week, mate, there's a lot of travelling. We're living in hotel rooms. Um, during COVID, it was especially hard. Mm. We are in bubble, a, a bubble for, for two years, and um, not, not resort bubbles, that's for sure. But, the, but look... Tennis is a global sport, um, and, and probably we we don't get to see that in Australia all that often because we where tennis is in our faces for for a month a year, and then you know we go away for the rest of the time. But it's a global sport. You know, over a billion people watch it. Um, there's 180 countries that play it, so you have to be at the top of the game, and, and that top of the game is the top hundred in the world, um, and, and that makes it really tricky because outside of that it, it drops away very very quickly you're playing for for just uh to, to get food on the table mm. um pretty much outside of that top 100 so um it's all glitz and glamour uh when you're inside that top 100 and you're playing the atp and wta events week in week out or you get those special moments um four times a year at the grand slams but outside of that the struggle is really real for a lot of uh, for the majority of the players, um, and that's something that you know the Netflix documentaries that you'll see that's just come out that that won't show that that shows the glitz and glamour side. The reality is the ninety nine percent of the players who are trying to crack it, um, they're doing it a lot tougher. Well, I've just had a look uh, through your biography, John, and I think you better keep playing for a while because I understand you you've got one of your little habits off quarters. You you don't mind uh, the thoroughbred caper. <laughs> yeah, no, I love a pun. I've been keeping my eye on the Magic Million sales. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple in the stable, um, but I always, always have to get a permission from the missus, mate, before I make a purchase. <laughs> uh, but I think we'll have one going around on Saturday at Doomben this week, so hopefully... Uh, Who's that, Johnny? Hey, 
Uh, horse called Hang Five. Um, hopefully he shows a little bit of a, a turn of, a turn of foot. He's um, a bit of a disappointing prep prep last time, but he did show a little bit of a, prom- a promise as a two-year-old. So we'll see, mate. We'll see. Um, <laughs> it's addictive. There's another player, another Aussie player, Chris O'Connell, uh, top 100 Aussie player, and, and myself and him are the ones that, that are a bit addicted to the to the nags. Well, mate, um, if you don't uh, know much about the world of disappointment, stay in the racing game. You'll get used to it. <laughs> I don't know. I reckon you've had a couple of handy ones, mate. <laughs> I have, but I tell you, the, the uh, slowies way outweigh the fasties. But uh, if you hang in there, it looks after you. It has an uncanny knack of keeping you involved and giving you some of the the great excitement you'll ever have um, while you stand on two legs. Oh, a hundred percent. Look, there's uh, nothing more special, mate. Even even if you go to the track at, at Doomer, but you know, I remember going up at Toowoomba. I was home, so I managed to to, to drive up the range because uh, one of the horses was running around. And to get in the the winners' bar, even at Toowoomba, mate, the uh, the beer tasted sweet. It doesn't matter where it happens. Hey, Johnny, um, looked like you had a great Christmas back home uh, up in Brisbane. There, I've got to say, I love the family uniforms on what must have been Christmas Day. Magnificent in red, you all were. But what what's next for you? I know you got doubles with uh, Alex Vukic coming up, but where next after you leave our shores? Yeah, doubles with with Alex, which will be a lot of fun. Um, Alex is on the verge of kind of breaking through to that top hundred in the singles, so um, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. The doubles and and you, like I said, you don't take for granted playing any Grand Slam match, singles, doubles, or mixed. For me, next yeah, probably head to to Europe to to Germany um, and and play a few tournaments there and. And then we really wind up uh, for Indian Wells, Miami, before mm. we start getting towards that swing for, for French and Wimbledon. So, yeah, that's next for me. But hopefully I can stay a little bit longer in Australia. I love it here. And, and uh, the more you actually travel, the more you appreciate home. And we should point out, of course, that we'll see you on the Channel 9 broadcast as well. Um, you're doing some expert commentary for them. So maybe stuff the coaching, mate, and get into, uh, get into broadcasting. What, what games are you looking forward to being involved with there? Yeah, look, there's a, there's a few matches. I, I really like the look of Coco Goff right now. I think that she um, has, is is due in for a breakout year. I know she made a final of the slam last year, but I think that she's really due in to actually maybe win one of these and at 18 years old. Uh, I think she's uh, she, she could buy a few horses down the track too. <laughs> uh, she's not going to be short of a dollar. And, and, and on the men's side... Um, I'd love to see you, you always. If you're going to lose, you want to lose the eventual chance. Yeah, that's so right. I'd love, to, I'd love to see Daniil win it, but Novak Djokovic, he he's a bit of a freak, isn't he? Um, I've heard his hammy might have some little strain there, but he's not showing it at all. We saw him do it when he tore his ab. He managed to to lift the title. He is an absolute freak. But it's been interesting Australian Open so far. A few upsets, obviously, with Rafa, the defending champion. Um, bowing out yesterday uh, it's going to be a, a, an interesting tournament and from what I've seen the weather's going to be good so hopefully the crowds can get out it's always such a well supported tournament from the Aussies and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun these two weeks always great to talk to you mate and you're always super generous with your time go which, hang uh, five yeah go hang five go the five <laughs> we really appreciate it, mate uh, best luck in the doubles with Alex and uh, obviously the year to come 
Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having me. There's Johnny Millman there, Channel 9 expert commentator. He's Loves the GGs. A, he's a good I'm fella. into him now. Well, the uh, text for you here, Scuba, get Johnny on SEN track. Wow. There's a recruit for you. Might have him on um, the odds couple on Saturday mornings. So, we can get him on. So he's got a runner as Hang 5 on hang Saturday? Five, yes. Doom. Whereabouts? Dooman. Dooman. Okay. Hang uh, 5. I've written that down. All right. Uh, love talking to John. Written it down. I've written it down. No, I have. You don't write anything. I've written it on my computer here. Well, that's not writing it. Of course it is. Uh, stop, let's not get bogged down in semantics. Let's talk about this. <laughs> The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Last fan standing, thanks to Mackers. This is it, we're back for more. The quiz has been outsourced. Scoob had his doubts, but he's had a pre-read of Matty's offering and he's got him up and about. It is a good-looking quiz. Matty. And Grand job. Looking at our list of callers today, Scuba, I feel like, and you must do too, a teacher uh, in the classroom reading out the role because there's some familiar themes uh, repeating here. Uh, we've got some familiar names yep. on the, the list who haven't quite had things go their way in the first sort of uh, week and a bit of this. So they're trying to get the timing right, aren't they? Trying their luck again. Yeah, they are. They're trying to get the timing right. But I'll tell you what, there'll probably be a fair bit of. Ducking and weaving going on today oh. in the quiz. Oh. A fair bit of ducking and weaving. Let's start <laughs> uh, with a bit of that with Bo from the Gold Coast. G'day, Bo. That's good. How are you, mate? Bo, true or false? The first ever duck recorded in Test cricket was during the first ever Test match between Australia and England in 1877. Say true. True, yeah, quite right, Bo. That's good, good logic. Good logic from Bo, because you know when you got that much detail in a true or false, it's got to be true, doesn't it? Multiple choice, Bo. What is the highest number of ducks recorded in a test match? 11, 12, or 13? 13. No, Bo, sorry. John from Hawthorne. G'day, John. Johnny. G'day, boys. How are you? <laughs> the highest number of ducks recorded in a test match, 11 or 12? I'll go 11. 11. Well done, John. You're still with us. John, which cricketer holds the record for most times being dismissed for a duck at test level? Which cricketer? Oh, um... He's one of the great West Indian bowlers. My oh, Lord. Yeah, uh... Oh, Courtney Walsh. Well done. Your Good work, John. hypocrisy knows no bounds. But 43 True times. True or false, hang John? On, hang on. <laughs> For, 43 <laughs> times he was rolled without scoring. Yes. That's an amazing amount. Will you stop calling me a hypocrite? Go on. I like John. I like John. Is there in... We're, we're barracking for Johnny a little yeah, bit, aren't we? in Shakespeare Grove looking over yeah. the city. He, he needs, needs this. To go to India. He needs it. Yeah. That's it. John, true or false? Walsh also holds the record for the most golden ducks at test level. True or false? Uh, I'll go false. False is right. Oh. Utai Muralitharan. He had 14 golden ducks in his career. Walsh only had 10. 14. Question five, John. Which former player for university in the VFL 
scored a golden duck in his only test innings for Australia in 1920. Now, it's multiple choice. Ken McLeod, Herbert Hurry, or Roy Park? Great question. Oh, Roy Clark. Give it to him. Okay. He, he, right. he, Roy Park Park. he meant Roy yeah, Park. Roy Park. Okay. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, That's what question, I meant. <laughs> question six, Johnny. <laughs> Who is the only Australian to be dismissed for a pair in his only test? Say that again. Who is the only Australian to be dismissed for a pair in his only test match? Oh, dear. He's a South Australian. Not bad, are you? Uh, John, we're going to have to give up on you there. John, we're going to move on. Let's go to Conrad. Uh, oh, yeah. Conrad at Glenway. No, John, you can't <laughs> take that on, long. Let, let Matty just give him his little soundy. Oh. There you go. Now you can go. Conrad joins us from Glen Waverley. Won't be happy with me, John. Good day, Conrad. Who is the only Australian to be dismissed for a pair in his only test? Is there any error that you can give? No, he's a South Australian. It's the only thing I can tell you. Is Jamie it? Siddons. No, not Jamie Siddons. Conrad, bad yeah. luck, dismissed it out scoring. Adam joins us from Seaford. G'day, Adam. G'day, Oya. Only Aussie to be te- dismissed for a pair in his only test was? Oh. South Australian. Time for another clue? Probably hear him on this station a bit. There you go. No, uh, Brett Lee. No, yeah. no, Adam. <laughs> Brett Lee rears his head again. <laughs> no, keeps good work. Up. Good work. Just keeps podding up. Keep, popping up. Keep bringing him up. Big Pedro, up. g'day. Hey, good morning, gents. Yeah, the um, only Australian to be dismissed for a pair in his only test was? Any more clues? Okay, oh, so. Well, he's a South Australian. You hear him on the SEN network over the summer, particularly when the tests are in South Australia and the, the BBL's there. He made Norton four. Was against South Africa. It, it was in a it was in a in a, a, a test match that got uh, a lot of headlines. Um, well, prior to him playing, if that makes sense. It was oh, in that um, no prior stuck. to it, just prior to him playing. Oh, Pedro, uh, Graham Manu. No, not Graham Manu. Yeah! Let's go to Kieran from North Melbourne. Kieran, welcome to you. Boys, Australian dismissed for a pair in his only test was? Ferguson. Callum no, not Ferguson. Callum Ferguson, no, Kieran. Jeez, bit confident. of confident. yeah, Real bit confidence. Real confidence there. God uh, Aaron joins us from Sky. G'day, Aaron. Good morning, Simon. I have to apologise for yesterday, mate. First off the bat, I'm, I'm sorry for ruining your day. No, that's all right, Aaron. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. We really that's okay. We'll be quick. Hurry up. I've got, uh, it, I've got it in for you, Aaron. Would that be Rob Quiney? No, oh, it's not Rob Quiney. Give another clue, can you, Scoop? <laughs> Michael from Bandura. G'day, Michael. Surely another clue here. Well, he's a swing bowler from South Australia. He's oh, only Joe test. Many. No, not so many. But we're on the right. We're on the right track. We're okay, can right I just track. come out and say this was the first test after Sandpaper Gate? There you go. First test after Sandpaper Gate. Glad you got that hint right. Against then. South Africa. You had the hint well, right. I didn't want to give. I didn't, but I just didn't want to give too Alec much. Alec joins us. G'day, Alec. Gotcha, Alec. Nope, nothing, Alec. No. Oh, Alec's gone. Oh, mate. Chris from Point Cook. G'day, 
Chris. Good morning, fellas. Chris, who was that uh, Australian that made a pair in his only test match? Mate, I'm going about as well as Courtney Walsh here. I've got absolutely no idea. Oh, it's coming through off the text too, thick and fast. Wow. So he made a he made a duck off four, and a, he was he got copped the first ball duck to complete the pair against South Africa. First test after Sandpaper Gate. Do you want to have a stab at it, Chris? No, I'll draw a blank. I'll see you tomorrow. Right, okay, <laughs> good on you. Thanks, Chris. Jared joins us from South Melbourne. Good day, Jared. Yeah, boys, uh, Chad Sayers. Oh, hey. Beautifully. Well done. Well da, done. Da, da, da. Jared, Kiwi Jeff Allett holds the record for the most balls faced in a test innings before being dismissed for a duck. How many balls did he face? Multiple choice, 67, 77, or 87? Uh, 67. No, Jared, sorry. Steve. 77 or 87 balls faced by Jeff Allett. No, 77. Well done. You've got it against South Africa in 1999. Steve, who is the most recent cricketer to be dismissed with the first ball of a test match? Oh, it was a famous ball too. Hmm. Ball up at the cover. Uh, Mitchell Stark. Yes. Yes, he did. Yes, you're on it. Oh, you're going to burn yourself if you don't get this. Left hand up. Don't burn yourself. Oh, Steve. Let's go to Troy. (laughs) Troy from Devonport. G'day, Troy. G'day, Simon. Who was the most recent cricketer you dismissed with the first ball of a test match? Happened up at the Gabba only a couple of seasons ago. English Oak, no. Yeah, it was. That's him. Left hander. Yeah, sorry, I haven't got a name, guys. Shares a surname with a a famous Simpsons character, Steve. Tim joins us from Rabin. G'day, Tim. Morning, gents. How are we going? Yeah, I'm going very well. Who was that uh, (laughs) opener that got knocked over by Mitch Stark? Rory Burns. Rory Burns. That was him, Tim. Question nine. What type of duck is a batter credited with if they are dismissed without facing a ball? That'd be a diamond duck. A diamond duck, Tim. Question 10. Which cricketer infamously scored five consecutive ducks in the series between Australia and India in 1999-2000? Now, multiple choice this. A, Surav Ganguly. B, Ajit Agarkar. Or C, Raul Dravid. (laughs) Pretty sure that was a Jit, a Gurkha with a couple That's of gold ducks in there That's it, well. a Gurkha, a Gaka, whatever. There's a few ways of saying that name. We're on to the final question here, Tim. Good luck. Don Bradman was famously dismissed for a duck in his last test innings in 1948. How many balls did his innings last? Pretty sure it was the second ball he faced. Well done, He's Tim. He's done it. He's done it, my He's goodness. got it all right. Tim, well done. Good job, Tim. You're into the grand final. We are hard up against the news, Tim, but Holy you will. Holy that we went will, for a while. We'll hear you from you again on January 30 uh, for the ultimate, the grand final, last fan standing. My goodness me, that was a difficult quiz. Matty even went into the sort of dismissal for Don Bradman. He was dismissed by a googly from England's <laughs> Eric Holly. What a quiz. A googly. We better get to the newsroom ASAP. 
This has been suggested off the text from Mark, and maybe we, for a time there, we could have just let Julian just do, you know, have the morning off. The quiz might have just gone until midday. He walked out the door. <laughs> I don't blame him. That was unbelievable set of questions there from from Maddie. Well, I'm getting and mixed reports. Mixed. Mixed reports. I only see positive. Ah, mixed reports with the time it took. And what do you, What are your thoughts? Because you level. set a high bar, and well, you, it was a nine and a half. I thought. I reckon it was a twelve out of ten on the difficulty scale yeah, as well. It was, it was right a couple up. Couple of absolute crackers your there. Scales a bit softer than mine. And with your reluctance to give away any sort of clue unless it suits you, that 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 sixth question threatened to drag on forever. It's the beauty of being the quiz master. When you're the quiz master, you can do whatever you want. You make up the rules on the run. Well, I need to do whatever I want. Let's take a break. We need to do it quickly because we're going into the Melbourne United camp after this. Xavier Ruth and Mays. uh, Melbourne United knew they needed another scorer, and uh, the Canadian uh, has provided that. Uh, His first season with United, he has been magnificent. And uh, we need to chat with him on the other side of this. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Well, Melbourne United are marching at the moment, Scoob. Four in a row for Dean Vickerman's men. Uh, Four-game winning streak for them. So up to seventh on the NBL ladder. I think 13 and 12 on the season. Uh, They've got a meeting with the Adelaide 36ers on Saturday. Uh, And our guest, hopefully, soon to to be upcoming, uh, has played a major role in it this season, uh, the Canadian... Uh, Xavier Rattan Mays, uh, who we're just trying to get on the blower uh, unsuccessfully so at the moment. But they crossed down from like the Every game Hawks. this year. You know. Every game. Uh, and done some real damage off the bench in some games for United this season as well. But uh, a familiar face and name to NBL followers. He was up at the Illawarra Hawks, but I suppose part of the exodus up there uh, going back to sort of August last year. And there's been a real hit for United who needed some, some extra punch off the bench, some scoring power, someone who can find the bucket. And um, he's been that. Give me some education Can't on the really. NBA. <laughs> the Grizzlies are the Canadian team in the NBA. They are from uh, Memphis these days. Memphis, no, are they? they were Mem- Vancouver. Yeah, but they were Canadian. They were. They're not anymore. They were. They relocated. I didn't know that. Yes, they relocated. How long ago? Oh, a while ago now. Oh, I reckon. Oh, you testing? Okay. I'm not. Uh, sorry. I, I, you know, you've educated me. I, I thought they were Canadian, but they, they relocated. Were. That's all I probably need to know. I didn't need to test you any further than that. I'm sorry to. Take you down a line of questioning that you weren't familiar with. Not at all, not at all. Hey, listen, um, while we're waiting for Xavier, who's not answering at the moment, maybe we'll just roll into a bit of questions without notice. Why don't we roll do that? Roll into whatever. I played mini golf yesterday. My question for you is... You do some funny things. What? Why is that funny? Question without notice, why is that funny to take the kids to play a bit of mini golf? You said you played mini golf. I did, I played well, with my it kids. would be probably better if the kids and I went and played mini golf yesterday. I'm visualising you walking into a mini golf course and saying, can I have a putter? What do you have suppose, a game of mini golf. What do you suppose is wrong with you, do you reckon? Uh, anyway, if you think that's strange, <laughs> we donned wizard's cloaks. It was this oh, potion putt thing down at Docklands. Oh, <laughs> it was great fun. Are you suggesting there's something wrong with me when yesterday you great. went to a mini golf course and, and, and put on a wizard's cloak? Got to get involved. Got to get in character. But my question to you without notice was, how acceptable is it for the holes in these mini golf courses to be barely wide enough to fit the balls in? I don't know what we're playing here, but it's like when you go to the carnival and you think, oh, I can seriously make that basketball shot. And little do you know, of course, that the basketball's about a half a millimetre diameter, um, smaller than the ring. I'll tell you what, absolute joke down there. I was 10-putting some of these things. Seriously? Yeah. 
This is where we're at on questions without notice. Well, I wasn't prepared for it because I thought we were going to have... uh, The size of a mini golf hole. You got a question without notice for me? Of course I have. Go. Should women play five sets in Grand Slams? No, I think I like it the way it is. I think I like it the way it is, but I... It's a tough one. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I wouldn't mind seeing a trial of it at the pointy end of Grand Slams just to see what it can offer. But I, a BP would know. And a BP says you can get some amazing three-set matches. And he's also saying let's drop. Uh, forever. No, yeah, yeah. Forever. Because, uh, granted, granted, it is a well-worn conversation. But I thought Jared Healy made some good points last uh, night. Are we parking the cricket and the footy as well? With what regard? Length of quarters. Size of ground. No, I don't think that ever. We're parking all those. I don't think that ever get. Oh, for women. Um, no, I think the length of quarters might um, might change. Length of ground hasn't changed in uh, in footy, like uh, but cricket. Has. Yeah. One thing about cricket that bugs me these days, though, still is the rope. Is the rope? Why don't we just go back to the fence? Because if you slide into it, oh well, don't and slide do into you it. back, and you can't fulfil the contract that you're getting be three million dollars for. You sue the cricket fraternity. Should, shouldn't so, be a shock that is there. Just don't slide into no, it. But they don't. They can't have any more occupational health and safety, Sam. Same oh. as yesterday. You know they they couldn't this have. This is a, why the world has gone mad. You know what? Quite it, it, right. And I initially admired some of these rope catches where they throw it back in, but now it's just become the stuff of farce. Yeah. Bounce off the fence you in the good old days. Shouldn't be able to jump back into the field of play after jump throwing the fence up. and then jump back over it oh. with a throw the ball in. How's that happen? I'd just say bring back the fence. Bring back the proper six. I don't think you can do that. In, in all oh. seriousness, no, I, I think you're just you're just stirring the pot. I'm not. You can't. You, you can't. You, well, you can, and it, we should. Well, you can't because should they introduce it's the unsafe. one safe? Hey, should they introduce the one hand off the roof in all seriousness? Oh, oh I love Alistair that. Dobson didn't love dismiss, that idea. He didn't dismiss that earlier this week. That's They're a ripping sort of, idea. Imagine it might only happen once every couple of years. Admittedly, well, too. You get it wrong with the one hand coming down for that massive height after it's hit the roof. What do you mean? And it crashes into finger. your finger and you know, mm. shatters the end of your your middle finger. Well. That's what happens then. There's risks everywhere when it comes yeah. to sport, You've isn't it? You've got to there? sign a, an agreement for playing it. Okay, i got a question Metro, for you. Metricon, that, that yes, I agree to catch it one hand off the roof. Should Rafa Nadal just have pulled the pin yesterday? Oh, I love his. I love how noble he is. His respect for the game is unprecedented, I mm, reckon. It is. He's, just a, he's a fantastic human. He, and in his post-match press conference, which we, we haven't played, but he essentially said, oh, I just can't quit. As a defending champion, I just simply had to do the tournament justice by playing out the match, even though well, he couldn't even move by the end. It was ridiculous. And he, he has that sort of respect for his opponent at the other end to say, well, it's probably going to be the biggest win of his career, albeit mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not playing well. I want to give him that opportunity of walking up, shaking my hand at the net and walking off. What level of mud sticks to Michael Clark oh. after the incident in the Noosa Park? <laughs> the Slapgate affair, the torn hamstring. Uh, Carl Stefanovic, uh, he's uh, his good mate. He was involved in this wild fracas. It's a tabloid paradise. What level of mud sticks to someone of public profile? Did his medicos send him off for an MRI? Is it off the, the bone? hammy? It looked serious. Well, I looked, think we've got to get to the bottom of how serious the hamstring injury is. It looked serious. It is. Because as he was talking to Carl and talking quite firmly to Carl, he was clutching that hamstring. So I think we need to get a medical report to see where that hamstring's at. That that could be pretty serious. How many, question without notice, how many ducks did you make in your career? A lot. Just coming back to the a quiz. Lot. Did you ever make a pair? 
I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I don't no. I don't reckon I did. I don't think you made. If a lot I of... did, someone will remind me, no doubt. I don't think you made a lot. Like of close duck. to. I made a first ball duck in my first test, first ever innings. Oh, of course. Yeah, my mum and dad had flown all the way from who, to England. Who gotcha? I lasted. I don't know what to take the work out there. Thirty seconds. I yeah. lasted thirty-five. Do you know? Matty was very, very close to putting that in the quiz, but he feared for his welfare. Did he? So he decided not. And in to. the second innings, I was on zero for forty-three minutes. <laughs> forty-three minutes on a pair. In your first test. That's great port composure, though, because you didn't panic. Oh, they're calling me some horrible names. Who was? The Poms. Mike Gadding and Gooch and both of them. What were they calling you? Lamb. They're all calling me bad names. Stuff you couldn't repeat. Really? Well, we went and had a beer that night. But Did it get under your skin a little bit? No. I lasted 43 minutes of torturing them. Were you scared? Saying, I can't play and I'm still here, you morons. <laughs> How good are you blokes? I want you one day to tell me that story that you told me off air about when you went back to play local cricket and they were getting into you. As a middle-aged man, you went back to play. Yes, one day, one day you could tell nine. us that story, and they poked the bear, and the nine. bear got very upset. Have a break. Just quickly, break no, tonight. no. Joe's in Launceston. I want to get to him. He's going to the tennis uh, tonight. He's Don't called you, in. G'day, Joey. G'day. How are we going? Are you excited for the tennis, mate? Uh, look, super excited. I'm taking my beautiful wife over there for a little special trip. Oh, magnificent! Oh, you. Who are you watching? Yeah. Uh, well, that's the reason for the call, gentlemen. Um, Obviously, when you buy your tickets, you just pick a court and you have no idea. We're booked to watch Dokovic in a qualifier. Would love to see Andrew Murray and, of course, Kokonakis. Yep, they're tonight. I'm sort of hoping, would there be anybody out there, uh, a Serbian or anybody who wants to swap courts, perhaps? Ooh. So it may be one of those win-win situations. Interesting. Okay, well, someone can text in on that, Joe. Uh, you've put it out there. Uh, the Temper 40 Winks text, of course, is 0433981116 if you'd like to take up uh, Joe's uh, proposal. There you go. Uh, we better get to a break. Uh, Julian DeStube is here because the quiz has finally Sorry, finished. Come back in the door. Uh, yeah, he's back in, so he's got mornings covered from 9 o'clock. Uh, we'll touch base with him after our final break. The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. Here's the text, Scoob. Now, I know you hate talking about yourself, but I cannot, I cannot not read this out. And my son, who is bowling, is still devastated that the great Simon O'Donnell walked in on a hat-trick ball against Plenty Valley in sub-district, popped it straight up to mid-wicket, and the fielder dropped the easiest catch ever. Does that ring a bell or is that a complete fabrication? Looks like a complete, looks like you, what's wrong with you? You're cross-eyed. Uh, while you're just looking at that and saying nothing, I'll welcome My taste. son, my, my son. No, not it. your son, the person texting. We on air. Se- <laughs> Goodness me, we'll park that one. Uh, Julian DeStoop's in the house. Julian's welcome. Straighten us up, will you? The subbies. Give, give us a spell. I never that. Never that bad at cricket that to play subbies. No, maybe not in your prime. I've take, took it was well and truly past retirement. You might have gone for a hit out there. No, not true. It's okay. It was on my no, question. It, no, it was it you. It was. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Why do you do that? I think I, I was playing. What happened? D's or C's or something? Yeah, and what happened? That's true. That yeah, version. And, and you I, tried I, to hit him out of the stadium. No, I, didn't try to him. I, I just tried to block it. Right. And I went straight. I reckon the bloke at mid on. <laughs> he dropped it a sit. Oh. The poor kid. I had to go up and say sorry, mate. Well, he's on a hat fault. trick. I don't know if he was on a hat trick. He might have been on a hat trick. What did you go I'm on sure. to make that day? Oh, I don't know. Two. All right. I couldn't even see it. Right. <laughs> Julian to stoop. Strange good effort to get some bat on it. Strange 24 hours in sport, isn't it? Go Michael on. Clark, Carl Stefanovic. 
Mate, have you got a medical update on his hammy, Mick, Clarky? I haven't got that. I'll try and get that by yeah, the end of the show. Can we get that though. through? Because I, we're, we're thinking it's tendon off the bone off the stuff. surgery stuff. Yeah, we're thinking it's surgery. Very he was, explosive it, it audio was, you got It was morning. a back off hammy. It wasn't a go forward hammy. I think it was a back off hammy. They're never good ones, are they? No, they're never good. They're, 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 it yeah, could have strange. definitely come off the bone. Loser's limp. And Lose also, we, we need a little jaw check too. We're not sure whether there's a good some story. bone bruising a of the very jaw. Good story. Oh God! Oh, wait, wait for that one to just and unfold. Tanasi being called Nick. You got Danielle Collins celebrating yes. early. Joe Biden forgets Clay Thompson's name. Really? Did you see that yesterday? I didn't see Joe. Apparently, the koalas in the national park up at Noosa they're in hiding. I thought the show was going to be put back half an hour after the quiz. Oh well, we got there oh. now. That it's not. Lucky there was no Clarky. Actually, can we have a Clarky quiz tomorrow? Oh, how many times did he get slapped at Noosa? And oh my how God. many koalas <laughs> are in the National Park hiding? Simon's lost it. Who's <laughs> on the show today, Jules? Uh, Alana King, Debbie Lee, Louise Fleming, Lee Jordan from Racing Victoria. Plenty on. Come on, Clarky, take responsibility. You don't do themes in the quiz anyway, so um, unlikely that we'll go down that path. That's not a theme. It's like a kid in a candy store. (laughs) Oh, it's fantastic. All right, Julia Stoops up next week. Mornings. Keep it locked at SEN.